rounded out to that nice 230, but close. Yeah. Yeah. When it's got that sexy ring to it. Yeah, though, it right? rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so Cody Staley, um, we were talking before we went live. We've known each other pretty much since we were in, because you started Woodscross Elementary Kindergarten, right? Yep. Same as me. We went all the way through elementary. We went to separate junior highs, but... I'm still sorry about that. <laughs> I know. South Davis was uh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but yeah, it's uh, junior high. It's junior high. Junior high sucks. Yeah, junior high always sucks. And then we both came back to Woods Cross High where we stayed all three years. So 20-something years? Yeah, 20-something years. years. It's weird to think about. It's weird to think about. Yeah, my oldest friend, Andres. Me and him have been friends since we were two. That's weird to think about. That is weird to think about. And he still puts up with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I really enjoyed him too. I haven't talked to him in a while, but oh, he's he's doing really good. Yeah, he's doing great. Uh, he's actually worked for Costco too. Yeah. Um, then his wife's working with uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like uh, like when women and children need like help because they're in like abusive relationships or like oh, okay. rape recovery. She works with all of them. That's fantastic. Oh, she she is awesome at it, man. Like her personality fits that so well. Like she can be the most gentle person ever, but. I mean, she can also be the person, I'm going to kick your ass, because... I imagine in that build, you have to I'm, be. I'm sure Andres needed it. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're doing great. And last time I talked to him, it was during the whole time that we were doing, like, the that, backyard, backyard fight. Backyard yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And no one wanted to fight him, because he was stronger than a fucking ox. Oh, yeah. I remember, I only ever went to one of those, and I remember I walked in, I think it was you, Alex Gonzalez, and one other person looks at me and him and goes... You two. <laughs> I mean, him just kind of looked at each other like, we don't know how that's gonna end, but no, we'll both good. get our asses kicked out of the house. So. <laughs> Man, I haven't thought about Alex Gonzalez either. Right. I last I time I saw him. him, he lost a lot of weight and was looking really good, but I, I don't know. I lost contact with him. I ever since uh, his parents moved out of the house, they were in up here in Woods Cross. I yeah, like I, I see his uh, mom and stepdad once in a while. Right. And the younger brothers, but I haven't seen Oh yeah, I forgot his younger brother. I forget do you remember his name? Josh. Josh, that's right. What about your younger brother? Which one? I didn't know you had multiple. I got two. I knew your I knew the one that was a year So the year younger one is James. Yeah, I knew him. Um he's the one that usually ends up on a lot of my videos with me Mm -hmm. because unfortunately me and him both have this ethic of we're gonna do whatever we can to get to whatever animal we're chasing. Right. And it's hard to find someone who's that willing to go do it and that dedicated. So usually we're the first person to call each other up like, hey, <laughs> I'm three miles back and I got a dead deer. Can you, can you get up here? <laughs> yeah, man, I'll be right there. I'm, I'm just getting off work. Right. <laughs> see you in a, see you in a little bit. And I got my uh, youngest brother, Curtis. He just got married. Not last year. So he's been married for just over a year now. And he's living in Idaho with my parents. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we were talking about, if you guys know Cody, and you know the area, sound is low? Thanks. And if you know the Woods Cross, Davis County area, you probably know Cody or the Staley's, and you had property right across from Mills Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Wedding Chapel, Yeah. if anyone knows that a little bit better. Yeah. And you guys ended up, family decision to sell it, or was it kind of... 
kind of so what it was was uh my grandpa bought it back in like the 60s or 70s little like four acre plot see his idol was john wayne mm. wanted to have the cows the horses be a cowboy which he was really well he was actually the first uh, police chief for woods cross too he was actually the one that established the police force in woods cross really he was the first one um i actually got pictures from one of my old neighbors recently of him holding a uh uh, sick, like a 16 gauge shot off, sawed off shotgun that he got out of an investigation. So he'd bought it. Um, he probably around the time I was 10, he stopped going down to the farm. His health just declined and then he retired. Um, so after he passed away in 2013, he, he was a big boy. He, he's telling me like six, three was about 500 pounds when he passed. Wow. Yeah. I have so many funny stories of that old man. He, <laughs> He killed. He was in the hospital lock. He smoked for so many years. He had so many strokes. Heart, that that man had everything besides AIDS Jeez. and cancer. So he, I remember one time he was in the hospital. I was like, man, what does God have to do to kill you? <laughs> right. Everyone in my family sat around me like, did you just say that to Grandpa? He just laughed at me. He's like, he can't do it. He can't do it. I'm, I'm too strong. Been doing it, trying for too long. <laughs> remember another time he's sitting there eating his lunch. We're all visiting. My aunts, you know, talking about how all the stalets have high blood pressure, going off. She's like, I, I eat a lot of garlic, so I don't have high blood pressure. Just going off for like five minutes. My grandpa is so pissed, throws his knife and fork down and goes, you know why you got fucking, we, we all have fucking high blood pressure? Because you gave us high blood pressure. <laughs> goes back to eating and me, my brothers, my dad's, oh, oh, grandpa's got jokes. <laughs> He's throwing out hot jokes. Still to this day, we're still getting that aunt crap every time we see her. How's that garlic treating you? <laughs> treating you good? Helping high blood pressure? <laughs> Probably not with all the no. shit we give her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when, when he passed away, um, I'm still mad at him. That bastard didn't make a will for anything. Oh. So between five siblings over like five years, just fighting over every little asset. Um, so it just ended up being cited, hey, we're just going to sell it and yeah. move on our way. That's a bummer. It, it sucked. There, there's a lot of good memories like, Right now, there was there four houses being built on it, yeah. or in the process of it. It's got all the lots divided. I drove past there the other day. Just drove down the road that's on there now, and I I started tearing up. I'm like, man, okay. I got a horse probably buried over there still. I'm like, I I've had so many good memories. I know. I remember like, it's just one of those things. Like I remember driving past. I mean, I live right within walking distance of it. And drove past, and I would see you or your your dad or your brother just you know all working over there i'm like it's cool to see that still because oh, like yeah. you there's not a lot of places especially in just america in general that really have that you know you guys were out there working it wasn't oh, yeah. just land that you had it, you you learned a work ethic I, I learned very young like you get your shit done right so i remember like getting a job the first time i got a job at lagoon mm-hmm Nothing great, but I remember working there. I'm like, man, you guys don't do shit. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm over here working my ass off. I'm like, you, what do you guys, if this <laughs> how are you work, getting away with it? Right. If this is work, I'm going to dominate. I'm like, man, I want to take you guys down to the farm and <laughs> show you how to work. Oh, they, I don't think, I think that's the other thing is I, a lot of people wouldn't last in that type of environment. I think that it's just, oh, oh yeah, we've lost that, like. I mean, this is a rant on itself, but I really think that we've lost a lot of that true, hard, like, go out and 
oh, oh, yeah. put your back into it style of work. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can almost sum it down to like, if you've ever met an old farmer or anyone that's ever met an old farmer, you go up and you shake their hand. Like, you, you're on your knees pretty quick. Yeah. Because one, they're just so strong, even when they're trying to be gentle. It just drops you. It just hurts. Well, I remember, and I guess this is a funny story from our us growing up. I remember we had in high school the weightlifting class. Oh yeah. And dude, you were leaps and bounds stronger than everyone else in that class. I loved doing that and I, too. <laughs> and I never like it didn't click in my head until after, like later on in life. I'm like, oh yeah, no shit. He's been working farm for his whole life of course he can be strong as shit <laughs> oh yeah i'm going up grabbing bales of hay 100 pounds one one on each arm just yeah. walking just going i remember i remember when i realized that you were a lot stronger your ass was like doing headstand push-ups against the wall and i'm like dude i would completely fold in half <laughs> if i tried doing that I, i'll be honest with you i tried doing that the other day i took my family over to the rec center we were just playing the racquetball court got up on the wall i did like five of them Got down, I'm like, babe, I'm T-bowling. I'm T-bowling. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Decky um, one, thank you for coming back, man. I'm I'm excited to have you back. I'm curious to hear how you've tremendously grown. What's up, Colin? How you doing? Yeah, it's it was just fun. I, I remember in that class, uh I remember uh, coach was Coach Rawlings? Yeah, whoever, whoever the coach was, I remember us being in that weightlifting class and make us go out on the field, like move all the soccer tees around, yep. go help set stuff up. I remember being yelled at by him every time. He's like, Staley, why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> coach, I already did everything in the weight room. It's these guys' turn. Right? <laughs> I remember That's getting true. yelled at so many times for that. Because <laughs> I remember I took weightlifting twice, and it was once with Rollings, and then it was once with the kind of bigger heavy set guy um, who like was the assistant but was taking long home. long shore <sighs> he, he was a little bit taller but he kind of had a belly yeah yeah T talked a lot of shit really funny dude yeah, 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 I, think, yeah. I think it was long shore yeah yeah i liked him a lot too he's a there's stories about him there's a lot of stories <laughs> about him <laughs> i would love to uh he would be a great podcast guest i feel just because i know that he uh partook in devil's lettuce consumption with some uh students at some point <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, I remember in like football part i didn't make it all the way to like football season i just got to the point where i was done i couldn't deal with the negativity right but you know that's me like i remember just some of the stories that like what was happening like what he would do i'm like dude oh like that bad or not just not really bad but kind of like him calling people on shit that i was like I might have been a little far. Yeah. The biggest thing is just walking up to people and be like, dude. Really? No one got it at first. I remember everyone just kind of staring like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, calling you a pussy. Oh, okay. You know, I I never really did much in regards to like the football growing up. Like, because I always thought that it was a weird atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of friends who played football and, you know, I didn't shy away from athletics I and mean, I played baseball and basketball and all that, but it definitely was like this weird. Oh yeah. Like, I, I remember I played baseball one season growing up and I just, I did not get along with people on my team. Yeah. They just bothered me. And then I tried football in high school because I had the idea of, Hey, I have to live through this torture anyway. I might as well hit some people. Right. But then I don't know, kind of like you said it 
there's just this weird atmosphere to it that I was kind of like, I'm, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't want to deal with, like, I thought we were supposed to be a team. Yeah. But all we're doing is just tearing each other apart. And it definitely is. And, I, and people can argue with me on this, but there is a heavy side that is politics that gets involved with, like, high school sports. And that is, like, if your family's wealthy, oh, you're going oh, yeah. to play in the position that you want to oh, play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Friggin' especially... At Woods Cross, yeah. Either you were down here and what they all called the ghetto side, or you were up on that hill and you were starting. Yep, yep. I remember going to some of the football parties up at those houses. And I'm like, dude, my house fits in your garage. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm I, like, your your car costs more than what my family owns. And I will say, now this isn't calling out anyone specific. We were all young and we were, mm-hmm. we didn't really understand anything. But you know, I, Still I though. yeah, I thought it was very interesting that a certain someone got. A starting quarterback position, and at the same time, his dad bought Woods Cross a whole new field. I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. From what I can recall, it might have been for conversations like during practices building up to it, but I recall being just people saying, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're fine with it. Yeah. His dad paid for this, so he can have it, whatever. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a, well, at least he's good at it. Yeah. I don't recall that ever being said, but everyone's yeah. just like, yeah, That's on well, my side of it. We're here. We're not going to beat Bountiful anyway. <laughs> so. right. Hey, but you know, one year we were there, we took a W out yeah. of the three we were there. Uh, against Bountiful? Yeah, I think it was, it was junior year. year after. Was it the year after? It I thought that after. we were there one year when we won. No. We, we were right there, and they screwed it up at the end zone. Oh, that's I right. remember that. I remember my brother coming home from that game. He's like, you bitches suck. We did it. <laughs> He's like, we did it. I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Uh, so we got some comments here from Deck U. I have been born again of the Spirit. I have died and now live all thanks to the glory of God. I understand my mindset is semi-controversial, but the truth cannot be hidden. I was in hell and now I have peace. And the only thing in between was God. I no longer sin, but as I understand, not everything that is wrong is considered a sin. Interesting. To give some backstory, Deck U used to be... Um, He's a longtime follower, mm-hmm. and he would always come in and ask deep questions. So I'm curious what changed, Deku. Like, what what was the turning point for him? Um, now, as far as, like, yeah, I mean, sports is a whole different thing. And, you oh, know, yeah. this was, you know, our 10-year anniversary next year. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to that. I, I went to the five-year anniversary. See, I didn't go that... to the five-year. I heard it was really bad. Oh, my gosh, man. It was almost a lot worse because of me, and totally by accident. Okay. Just because, uh, so when it happened, it was opening day of deer season, right? I got down from the mountain, and I'm like, ah, oh, what the heck, you know, I'll, it's about that time, I'll go hit it up. Well, uh, this is my second year deer hunting when I started carrying a pistol with me, and I can tell you the story of why I carry that in a little okay. bit. Um, so I get to North Canyon Park, full camo, like, trying to rub my face paint off. Yeah start walking across the park and realize I still have my pistol strapped to my hip. And I'm like, whoo, shit. Take it off, like shove it in my shirt, run back. <laughs> I get in my car, get back over. I'm just chilling there. Still got like part of the clips hanging off. I'm like, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh man, if I showed up with the gun. Oh, they were like, North Ca- oh, yeah, so it was North at Canyon. North Yeah, it was at North Canyon, which was ridiculous. It was, that was a weird no, no offense to if anyone who planned that is watching. That was awful. That was terrible. That was not well thought through. So what they did was they brought one like 
three gallon thing of water, you know, like the dispensable ones. I don't recall if they brought cups. Oh. Um, it wasn't even in like the big venue. It was in one of the ones in the backwoods. Oh. And there was one balloon hanging out in front to show you where to go. So you walked around the park trying to figure out until you saw some balloon. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Maybe I'll go look at that. And then you found it. See, now, I have not told anyone this plan, and I've been brewing on it for, like, a year now. I'm thinking of stepping up and hosting an actual party. A 10-year anniversary. I will go to that. Let's let's actually make it something that is eventful. Because I talked to a lot of people, like, because I got the invite, and people started reaching out, like, oh, are you going to go, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm not, because I just I wasn't in... I just, it was a weird time for me. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Feeling that. And then everyone who went started, I started talking to them like, oh yeah, it was it pretty was, bad. It was bad. I mean, I would want to go and either A, talk to Woods Cross High School and be listen, can we do something here? Do something yeah. fun that people are going to be like, okay, yeah, this well, redemption. I, if we could host it at the high school, I think oh, yeah. that would be fun because it would be like, oh my God. Well, it'd be we're fun back. just because we're back, but also, like, I've, I'm i honestly dying to go in and see how they've remodeled yeah, it. Yeah, Like, same. I really want to see it. Same. Because I'm like, why, why couldn't you do that while I was still there? But <laughs> why, why did I get the shitty school? Right. We got the rundown. You remember how they gave us that, like, jar that we were supposed to donate money to to put a key off that nice oh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't even get it until a year after i remember seeing that and everyone be like yeah we're leaving this for the generations i'm like fuck them the generations yeah, fuck them i want what? it why i remember one teacher I'm... hard pitched my class on why it was important to donate i'm like depending on which teacher it might have been i might have been like like if it was winder and he's like telling us bear stories yeah i'd be like that's a good reason to donate. Give me another bear story. That man changed my life when he kicked that fucking moose in his his room. Oh yeah, like because you he's not a tall fella. No, he he's great really, shape. He's, he's like five seven, yeah, five eight, something like that. So I'll give you guys the backstory, right? So the per, the teacher we're talking about was an algebra slash like assistant coach, something like at that, our yeah. school. Great guy, hilarious, told amazing stories. You know, as far as teaching goes, probably not the best, but you know, you give and take. I learned pretty well from him personally. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just maybe knowing, okay, if I do well, I get another bear story. Right, get another to hear bear something, story. Something entertaining. So in his classroom, what was it? Was it a moose head? Yeah, it was a moose head. Yeah, he had like a stuffed moose head that was probably like... Ten? ten at least feet? ten feet in the Yeah, air. yeah, And the rumor always was that he could kick it. And but there's enough people that said they'd seen him kick it. Yeah, that it wasn't just like one crazy person. Like, oh yeah, I seen him kick it. And you're like, okay, no, it was yeah. Plenty yeah, of people knew. So he, I remember the class I was in when he finally did it. Like everyone was like, "Winter, it's time." Like we're tired of hearing about it. You got to do it. And he's like, okay. And he straight up kicked that moose head. Oh yeah. Like it was. It didn't look like it was a struggle. Oh, he, he did it. I remember my class, the last day of the year, he's like, all right, I haven't done it for your class. Here we go. And I don't know if you ever heard the stories. Like, whenever it happened, I always heard from that class, like, he did it. Yep. He kicked it. And it spread around the school. He did it again. Yep. I remember that. Very impressive. Okay, Deku, I'll answer your, or I'll read your thing. I was in hell. My life was falling apart. And, and so in private, I came to be suffering. Sorry to hear that. 
And in the midst of suffering, I begged God for an answer. All of a sudden, I was shown the truth that my suffering was my own fault. I was pretty much given an ultimatum to continue suffering or to follow the Spirit. To me, it wasn't even a choice. Within the second of my turning point, I stopped freaking out and was still with God. Ever since then, I no longer judge myself or others. I forgive everyone to turn God forgive me. I've never turned back. I am sanctified, as some say. I've been born again of God's Spirit. I have peace. I no longer have anger. Well, fantastic, man. Good for you. I'm glad you were able to find the answers you were looking for in life and living happier. Congratulations. Hey, Kirsten, how's it going? It's my soon-to-be sister-in-law there. Kirsten? Kirsten. I know Kirsten. Our... Shouts out, old friend. Yeah, I was uh, talking to her when I was talking, like, when we finally got this plan. I yeah. was like, hey, you remember Wes? She goes, I love Wes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going on this podcast. He does some weird shit on this podcast sometimes. I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely changed a lot, but... We're right, still right. we're still here, still being weird. Oh, dude, I'm so excited she's marrying my brother-in-law. Yeah, I, I am so excited. Yeah, Kirsten's like, hilarious. Oh, she she's great. Yeah, she got grace. I met her. I took her uh, brother fishing actually. Yeah, not too long ago. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Hmm? Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, I'm oh, like, yeah. Very small <laughs> world indeed. It's crazy, right? Man, that's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> such a small world. It's weird how it's such a small world and everything will revolve back eventually. Like you'll run into someone you haven't talked to in years. Mm-hmm. Like you. Yeah. I'm back into you. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> it's been it's been such a joy doing something like this because I've I've forced myself to like reach back out to people and like put myself in oh, like yeah. conversations because like I don't know. I'm sure you had that moment too where like we start getting older, maybe like four or five years out of high school, and you're like. And I miss, like, not necessarily school. School's not great. You miss kind of, I think I get what you're saying, like kind of the feeling of just, like, you're always with your friends. You're yeah. seeing them every day. You're always doing something together. And, and then yeah. you, you graduate and you're, like, you're at work or you get married, you start a family. Something you just, you know. There's with... not time to go and do stuff like that unless you, like, you know, and there's not, like, a place for it. Like, you go out to bars and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that if that's your thing. But it, for me, I did the bar thing for, like, six months i hate it it wasn't for me i don't i'm not a drinker i never have really been a drinker like there was a small point in my life where i partied and it just wasn't for me so having like i really miss that almost camaraderie social camaraderie yeah like you know there's people that i remember in high school that like i would talk to them daily but then like right as we graduated haven't talked to them since i'm like i wonder what i can do to like get back with them yeah and this seems to be i think this works great a good fit or it might be like how it reached me when i started seeing a lot of people yeah like i've been watching for a long time but i started seeing a lot of people from high school i'm like all right i didn't uh, know i was curious about what happened to you but now i am exactly I'm like excited to listen to your story had ryan a potion on oh, he's doing great looks like a fucking viking there you go um, that's the way to be kyle cook oh man i he was on nickname used to be monkey if you remember that I remember that. I don't. I don't even remember the last time I thought about Kyle. Yeah, I. I, I don't remember the last time I talked to Kyle. Me neither. It, it had been literally since high school, since I talked to him, and then I. We were on Facebook or whatever, and I can't remember if I reached out to him or he reached out to me, and I'm like, dude, come on, it'd oh, be yeah. great. And oh, it's, yeah. 
one of the weirdest things is like because we all have a perception of somebody from high school right like oh yeah because if you weren't in that group hanging out i mean we what's cross wasn't clicky i don't feel like no not as but, clicky. but there was groups like there's certain people that just hung out together yeah and you might talk to some people from other groups but you had a perception of a certain person maybe yeah. whether through stories or just what you saw of them but Absolutely. Then when you actually talk to them, you're like, you are not what I thought. No. You are way different. Way different. And that's been a lot of fun for me because, like, not I, I've never, not that I've ever judged anybody or anything like that, but it's definitely, like, one of those things where I've had that perception and then they'll come and talk and I'm like, oh, you're so different than you. You are not what, what I was expecting. Yeah, you know. And even someone like Kyle who I hang out, I hung out with semi-regularly through high school and he was, you know, a pretty out outlandish you know very energetic person mm-hmm. has matured leaps and bounds into a great father you know a hey, great that, that's what's important yeah he works hard as shit he you know it's just it's cool because like so I, I remember there's people and i i don't know where they're all at where you're kind of like man like i'm really rooting for you like i hope you pull shit together outside of high school and then when you finally meet someone that you were worried about, you're like, it's almost like a relief. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, it's great. Hold your head out. Yeah, there we go. Uh, drinking buddies are best friends for life. Just saying. No, yeah. Uh, I imagine you're talking about Forrest. Yeah, Forrest and I still hang out and talk. He stepped back from the podcast, but that's that was his decision, and it's not that he doesn't want to do it. He's just way busy. So I never got into drinking or. It, not like from a religious standpoint, because I do consider myself still to be LDS. Not a great example. I'm like no one should be like, well, he's LDS. So <laughs> I am not a good example to be used in that. But I just never cared for it. Just cause being raised by a cop, like I heard horror stories all the time. Right. And I just know I have an addictive personality. Like I start doing something, if I find it any kind of fun, I'm gonna keep problem. doing it. Yep. That's why I never, I've never done drugs, never drank or anything. I don't judge anyone who does. I'm like. That's your choice. Yeah. You go do it. You do what you want to do. If that's what you and your buddies do, go do it. I'm like, my only issue is when you start pressuring me to do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to kick your ass if you don't leave me alone. See, I, I really respect that output and that outlook on it. Because, like, you know, Utah does have a weird take of it being a very judgy society around here. And that doesn't just come from, like, the church side of things. It's everybody. Oh, yeah. Everyone is judgy. Whether, whichever outlook on life you have... And I wish that there was more people who had that type of mindset of like, it's your life, man. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like my LDS experience. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm LDS. I want to make my own choices, though. That's how I. Yeah. I have issues with people in the church. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's not. I'm looking at it like, oh, this church's fault. But again, this is my perception of it. Right. This is my opinion. Like, I hate this person. But I feel like the church is trying to teach me just to be a happy person and make my own choices. That Absolutely. that was my takeaway. So that's what I do. I'm like, if I want to make a choice, yeah, maybe you don't like it. Hey, like, I voted for Trump. A lot of people don't like Trump, but I, I looked at it as that's less of two evils. Hmm. No one has to have that same opinion. Right. I just look at it as, you guys do you, I'll do me. We can try and get along. And that and that's the one thing that really bums me about bums me out about just America in general is like, you know, I, I kind of vaguely remember how politics were handled when we were in like junior high and high school. And oh, it was never this like, <laughs> It was never a semi-violent slash like aggressive conversations. Like people disagreed, of course, 
Uh, Everyone's going to disagree, though. Now, in today's day and age, it's like... It, it's not politics anymore. It's how much can I shit-talk you to make you look worse than me. Yeah, and it's sad, because like, I really don't... I mean, I we grew up in the same area, and I've, I don't feel like we were ever exposed to that too much, but now it's almost like it's... You just have bombarded to. with it. Like, yeah, and I don't know. It, it doesn't matter if you watch the news or not. It's it's going to show up on your Instagram, your Facebook. Pretty sure it shows up on like Snapchat. Oh, even. yeah, everywhere. Everywhere has an opinion, and everywhere it just seems like, regardless of the opinion, it's like, we need to be ready to argue and fight. And I'm like, but I have a lot of my best friends, like, and great peers and work and work co-workers and everything that we don't agree politically religiously financially nothing but we're still very civil and friends yeah why can't that just be how it is yeah have your opinion they can have their opinion yeah like i there's no reason you need to fight about it you can you can have a friendly discussion i have a co-worker that me and him just kind of it is a little bit more heated just because we know we're fucking with each other yeah but it's still, we still walk away from it like, ah, oh, you're a good guy. Right. I'm not going to hate you forever for this. But exactly. <laughs> I, outside of like the big things, right? Like that should make you shift your like ideology on a character. Serious gear, right? Yeah. Outside of that, like I've never been like, if someone tells me they support a political figure or a religion or whatever it is, I've never been like, I think lesser of them. No, I just learn. Yeah. I don't know. Keep getting distracted by the light. Oh. <laughs> um, it's shiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've never, like, if someone has a different viewpoint of me, I've always had that, like, desire to be like, okay, well, you know, what brought you to think that? Because, like, maybe I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not right on anything. Yeah, you're not Jesus, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, the only way that but, you ever find, like, your true, like, answer to, like, one of those questions is you have to, like, hear both sides oh yeah and if you're just listening to one side all you're hearing is hate speech like i try to listen to both sides especially politically because i'm like i'm just hearing a lot of shit about a lot of shit about trump i'm like can you guys actually tell me what yeah what what policies you want to do like what do you actually want to accomplish trump you want a wall all right i get that biden you want to sniff someone's hair okay (laughs) i don't agree with that but whatever man I, i just feel like it's such a weird we're just in such a weird state for the country as far as like the next couple years. I mean, the pandemic, obviously, like oh. we can talk about that for hours and how interesting yeah. it is. But how much fun it is to go get COVID? And yeah, yeah, quarantined. Did you get it? I had it. Yeah, yeah. I ended up getting that. It, Tell me. Oh, let's shift gears then, because I know <laughs> we're we're getting a little negative. <laughs> I, I, I know that like. I've always kept the podcast politically free for the most, or I guess politically I neutral. It was pretty. It was very, neutral, yeah. very neutral. And I know that some people appreciate. It. I've always had people pressure me like talk about politics. I'm like, ah, but like, it's such a. It's one of those subjects that even if you say one thing, someone's gonna be like, someone's gonna oh, jump on it. Yeah. It's like, no, I just we all have our opinions. Let me get caught up here. Uh, so Deku says it's not a choice, but that comes in with the illusion of free will going deep people's choices are illusion it's really determined by the spirit that made a home in you nothing comes instantly everything is growing process i agree with you for sure on that experience age culture mortality character dignity shame there's no such thing as my truth or your truth the only thing that has evidence is the truth underneath or untethered by emotion logically i couldn't agree with you more 
so you got COVID. Yeah, I got COVID. That was that was a joy. How how severe was your symptoms? So I it was it was a weird process of getting it. So what happened was like New Year's Eve, my wife goes, "Hey, I'm feeling kind of icky. Let's go get test. I'm gonna go get tested. You wanna go?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go get tested. Why not? I'm not feeling anything." Three days later, I get called by the health department. Hey, you're positive. Your wife's negative. I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> oh, what? I'm like, she's the one feeling sick. Yeah, so you got to, they're like, okay, you got to quarantine. First, like, three days, I'm walking, just strutting around the house. I'm like, I don't have symptoms. <laughs> this is nice. Next day, I have the full body aches. I get fevers every time I pass out. I, it For about three, maybe four days, it just rocked my body. Like, life was hell. Like, and, like, how bad are you talking? Like, to the point where you're, like, bed-bound or, like... Like, if I had the option to be bed-bound, I would have stayed in bed. Really? I would have stayed there. But where I've got three little kids, yeah. bed-bound was not an option. So, like, and my wife was... Well, it was weird because she tested negative. She was feeling a lot more of the symptoms, and mm. it was a lot worse for her. Like, she ended up losing, like, taste and smell. I just had it that, like, three, four days that my body just hurt to do anything. Like, I remember... Like walking, I just felt like my knees were gonna break. Like, like if you dropped a ninety-year-old man twenty feet onto solid concrete and then told him to stand up and walk, that's as close as I can say to what it felt like for me to get up wow. and try and be like, "All right, kids, here's lunch." Jeez, <laughs> here you go. Did your kids end up getting it? Or we're, we're pretty sure my kids ended up getting it. Um, just because my wife did end up eventually testing positive for it. Um, but like my kids' doctor told us, "Hey." Anyone who under 16, more than like like 99% of the time, all they'll feel, like they may cough, you can tell they feel a little icky, but that'll be about the worst of it. Yeah. And all three of them ended up like that. And I'm like, I'm fine if you guys feel a little icky. I'm like, at least you're not feeling like daddy. Is, True. You know? And I mean, that, I guess that would be super hard to avoid. I mean, if you're... Oh, yeah. but when the craziest thing about it was, I didn't realize how afraid I was of getting it because of having little kids. Till after I had it, and I went back to work. I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm like, <laughs> we already got I, it. I got the antibodies. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> like, I, I can walk around without a mask. So Mike says, we had a guy that came through the dealership service center. We actually called him to check up on him. He had asthma before, and it almost killed him. Wow, that's crazy. And young people usually never die. It's mostly old people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, the mortality rate for people, what is it, like 45 and under is really low. But oh, yeah. Unless you have complications. Oh, yeah, if you got like cancer, diabetes, something like that. Um, my wife's grandpa actually died while we were on uh, COVID. Really? Yeah, he from which, COVID or from COVID. So oh. he was he was eighty seven. So he and he had like Alzheimer's and dementia. Like he had a lot going on. He I had heard a couple times he'd woken up in bed and just bawled because he didn't know who he was or where he was. Oh, man. So he he was going and he got COVID and three days later he was gone. In that I'm like. It's terrible that we lost him because he, he was a great guy. Right. He did so much in his life. He was amazing. But it was so hard to see him go downhill that hard. And I'm like, you know, I'm, he was 87. He had a good life. Yeah. He, yeah. he lived, lived a very rich life. That's good. I mean, that, that's always the, like, not that there's a positive in someone's no. passing, but at least that he got to. That, that it was quick and that yeah. there's closure. Yeah, I feel bad because my wife's grandma, she's the sweetest old lady. I'm like, I'm sorry you're alone now. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, at least he's he's happy. Right. He, he's, he's in a better place. Right? Yeah, not having, you know, I, my my mother works as a, in the nursing facility homes and stuff like that. And she's always told me, like, one of the hardest things for her to deal with emotionally isn't people passing away. 
but it's when people have Alzheimer's and dementia because it's like oh, every oh, yeah. day you have to remind them of like who they are. Oh yeah. And I could but, like when you sit and you think of that, like you're like, how could you forget who you are and right. not know? Like who your family is and who you like. That, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Like, I, like if I ever looked at my kids one day and went, I don't know who you are. I might cry right now just no. thinking about that. Yeah, for I don't want to think about that. It's awful. No. I hope that, you know, because we, we're seeing some crazy new innovations. Hopefully, maybe in our lifetime, we'll be able to see something that can fight that. Or at least try and help it. Because, I mean, okay. it's, I think that's, for me, that's my biggest fear. It's not, you know, we all have to die. We know that. It's going to happen. There, there's no escaping it. Yeah, I just don't want my last years to be one that I don't remember anything. I don't want it to be that I don't remember anything, and I don't want it to be a burden on my family. Yes. I don't want them to... I take that back. My kids, when I've changed their butts, have shit on me before. <laughs> they so, will be wiping this ass at some yeah, point. At least at some point. There, there is revenge coming. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, that's going to happen, then I can go. Right, yeah. You got to gotta flip the card really quick. Hey, you like, remember that? Daddy wiped your ass for three years. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to the party. So I I knew that you had one kid. I didn't know that you had three. So had how old three. are So they? my oldest is five. Um, my next one is two. He just barely turned two. And then my youngest is six months. Wow. Six months. So congratulations. That's oh, yeah. Fresh, fresh baby. Oh, yeah. Total accident. <laughs> it happens. Twice. Two accidents? Yeah, first and the last. Listen, I mean... Uh, and my wife hates that I... Like, I don't want to call my daughter's accidents, but it, it happened. Like, I'm a, I have a buddy, he calls me premium, because first time I ever hooked up with my wife is when we got pregnant with our first daughter. Really? <laughs> um, then when my son, unfortunately, did have a miscarriage, and then first time we did it right after that, we were pregnant with my son. Wow. And then the last one... Uh, we were just like, hey, we're good at the pull-out method. Oh, no. So that took one shot, too. <laughs> you weren't playing enough Jenga. Cody, you got to play more Jenga. Apparently. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so my buddy, every time he sees he's like, he's going premium. <laughs> premium. How you doing? After the third one, he's like, like, I'd see his wife. I love his wife. She's adorable. I'd always give her up. I'd be like, hey, how's you doing? You need to leave him. Do someone, get someone better. <laughs> after, the, after we got friends with the third one, he goes, you're not allowed to hug her anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's fair. <laughs> How, so this will be an interesting subject. So I'm really curious. I will say, uh, Mike says my favorite thing to witness is those with Alzheimer's listing their favorite music. That is such an interesting thing. Oh, it, like man. the musicians who get Alzheimer's can still play their body, like that muscle. Yeah. And so interesting. But what, because I want to talk about being a dad, and then I want to get into the outdoors talk, but when did you actually have the shift, like, when you're like, oh, man, like, I'm a father? Like, was it... It's kind of a fun subject for me, honestly. Um, I literally, probably since I was five, knew I wanted to be a dad. That's the number one thing I always wanted to be. Like, I wanted to be a dad. I don't know if it's because I had so many good times with my dad, but I wanted to be a dad. Yeah. Like, I was so worried that, like, girls wouldn't like me because you I'm like, I want to be a dad. Right. Um, probably the craziest shift. Um, 
Oh man, I'm, I might cry, honestly. Because uh, it was when we were in the hospital and my wife was going through labor. The doctor starts telling her, hey, you got to push, let's go. And this was my first daughter, right? And <laughs> as he says push, she pushes the first time. He goes, shit, we got to go. And they take her out to the ER. No one tells me anything that's oh, happening. Fuck. The nurse walks over, hands me, you know, the full-on uh, ER outfit and goes, put this on, we'll be back. And they leave. And no one tells me what the fuck just happened. All I know is I'm alone in here. I have to put on ER gear. And the only thing I could do is I start praying. I'm like, oh, God, please. Yeah, yeah. Please let nothing be wrong. Please let everything get through this. Please let the baby be fine. Please let my wife, my wife be fine. They finally come back with feels like hours i'm sure it was only like a minute or Still. two but it terrifying just absolutely terrifying and they finally bring me in and what has happened is they brought her in they've got her on the stretch stretcher whatever it was yeah. and they're doing an emergency c-section okay so i'm sitting there i'm not allowed to look i just have to sit there by my wife's head just try and comfort her while she's strapped down you know just like on a cross right right and we're both just like trying not to cry because we're like no one's told us what's happening why why is this happening and then we can hear the doctor just saying the cords are around her neck the cords are around her neck let's go come on we gotta get this kid out we gotta go wow and still no one's actually said anything to us and that's about the point where i started feeling like a father like son of a bitch my child is there and i can do nothing to help them like i can't do anything wow i'm like like, I just remember just feeling helpless because I can't come for her because I'm sh in shock. I can't go help my child. Then they get her out, and it took them seven minutes to revive her. But they did get her revived, thankfully. Like, I'm getting that, chills listening. that was the most terrifying experience of my life, hands down. Because it wasn't until later they brought us into our room. That happened at 8.30 at night is when they her official birth time was. We didn't get her to our room till eleven thirty, so there's an extra three hours of us just sitting there like felt like a lifetime. Oh, it was bad. Like we'd have a nurse come in and be like, "Everything seems like it's fine." They're looking at her, they're checking her. Everything seems like it's fine. Then finally, the doctor comes in at like eleven, and he's like, "Okay, this is what happened." I'm like, "Motherfucker!" Finally, <laughs> and he starts explaining, "Okay, this is what happened. We pushed the cord wrapped around her stats, cut in half." And we had to go fast. He's like, I'm so sorry we couldn't explain it. I'm sorry. You know, and just apologize. He goes, but she's fine. We did. She does need a bath. Dad, if you want to come, you can come give her a bath. You can come see her. So I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I'm like, she was promised to hold her first. Yeah. I'm like, so I'll come get her, but she's going to hold her before I give her a bath. Yeah. So like, that all happened. Like, went and got her. Oh, finally got a, finally got to see her. It, it was scary, though, because... Uh, something like that happens they hook them all up to like the NICU equipment mm. I don't know if you ever seen the baby hooked up to NICU equipment yeah. but it was funny because she just kept like trying to like wiggle and get out of all the little <laughs> st stickers on her and everything I'm like that's my kid right that's my baby right there <laughs> man and that that's probably when I first really felt like a father was just sitting there going oh shit what's happening yeah Why can't I save my child well, so I have like nightmares now of like not being able to help my kids. Oh, I, I was diagnosed with some PTSD because really because uh, my oldest daughter we had complications with the birth and my son we had complications with the birth. So me and my wife were both diagnosed with partial PTSD for it. I I I could totally imagine that. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I and I couldn't even imagine that time frame. Like how 
long right. that must have felt to it, like it was, sit there and. I remember the first nurse coming in and saying, you know, things are looking good, things are looking better. And yeah, that felt so good to hear. But still, you. You don't have to see I it. saw her as he pulled her out and she was dark purple. Oh my God. And that was. That's the only thing I can remember is her being dark purple and them taking her to a separate room to go revive her. Like it, it's terrifying. Like I, anyone who's has a NICU baby or has anything go wrong with pregnancies or births, I, I totally understand what you're going through, and I'm sorry. Like no one should go through that. Wow. No one should ever go through that. You had to go through it twice. Twice. Well, my son was a little weird because he was actually like total fine being born, and then like the first couple hours of him being out, he just wasn't breathing well. So. For us to sleep, the nurse took him to the nursery, and they said they started looking a little purple. Where they checked him, and he got an infection from the birthing process somehow. Mm. So, and they weren't sure what it was. So they immediately had to take him to the NICU and put him on antibiotics and everything. So he got all hooked up just like his sister, which was another shitty situation because right. we could go in there for him to be fed, and we could hold him for like three to five minutes at a time, and then he had to go back in to the incubator. Right. I remember the weirdest thing that a nurse said to me in there was, they're like, yeah, you know, he's starting to eat good, you know, for these bigger babies. I'm like, six pounds, that's a normal size baby. Yeah. You're looking around and there's babies, you know, they're only like two or three inches long. Like, they're tiny. And I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) that's that's what you mean. That's what you mean. That's Six pounds seems, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was sitting there thinking that. I just kind of look around. I get it. I get so it can now. I ask you a personal question? Sure. Was it, did you get like, with the third baby, which would have been born, what, six months ago? Is uh, July 31st. July 31st. Did you guys get like, going into it, does it feel like super duper scary? Like, is it that, like getting pregnant or going into the hospital to have it? the hospital. That was the weirdest thing for us because everything was fine. Like, we walk into the hospital, and we're just like, oh, man. Like, we're telling all the nurses, like, we've had two NICU babies. You check this child. Right. Like, every nurse, doctor, anyone that comes through the room, we're like, check her, make sure she's fine. Totally fine. Huh. So we're sitting there just kind of like, I don't know, trauma victims. Like, Yeah, okay? that's what I was wondering <laughs> is, like, did it, like, just have this weird sight of, like, yeah, everything's going to, something's going to go wrong. We just kept saying to each other, this is weird. What's going on? This is <laughs> this is this is not how our children act. Yeah, this is normal. Like, why is? Oh, it, it was so weird. Like bringing her home because our first two, when they go in the NICU, like I don't know, it's Davis County or the hospital system we went through. They have to be in the NICU for five days and pass this long ass checklist mm, okay. before they release them. And if they fail one of those things on a checklist, the five day starts over. So that's how they can end up being yeah. in there for a long Oh, yeah, for stretch. a long time. Because they have to reach a certain, like, uh, all babies lose a certain amount of body weight right. right after they're born. If they lose a certain amount, they have to gain a certain amount back. They have to eat so much, they have to keep their stats up. Right. So it was just weird with this brand new baby that we're in there three, four days. No problems. Everything's fine. Yeah. And they, they just send us home without, like, having to fill out all the NICU paperwork. And we're just, like, what? we're, like, walking to the door, like... We still in this baby? It's, like, this is weird. Something's coming. <laughs> what is it? So what are what are all their names? So my oldest is Aria. Okay. I got in trouble for that name. What? <laughs> totally back. My wife is not a fan of Game of Thrones. Oh. Like, uh, when she was born, I'd watched all the seasons that had been out. I was actually reading, in the process of finishing reading the books. Yeah. Did not occur to me 
hey, Arya's a Game of Thrones name. I just remember throwing out names, and one of us was like, oh, what about Arya? And we're like, yeah, the perfect it's a cute name. name. Yeah, I love it. The biggest argument was over how to spell it, which ended up being the Game of Thrones spelling, the A-R-Y-A. Again, did not compute with me till <laughs> like a month into being home, and I'm reading the last book, and the chapter says Arya. I went, oh. <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, so I gotta tell you something. So, Don't be bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so... Game of Thrones, baby. <laughs> um, the uh, son's name is Jensen. That was kind of a funny one because uh, I love the show Supernatural. Yeah. Um, I have like seasons one through ten on DVD. It's right below our TV. And I remember we we're just kind of sitting there just like watching TV trying to come up with names. And we both kind of looked at it. I'm like, what about Jensen? Because Jensen Ackles is one of the lead characters yeah. on it. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Okay, so there's a second baby name. From a TV show. I love it. And the last name, uh, her name's Scarlet. Okay. Just because ever since Aria, I love the name Scarlet to begin with. So when we found out we were pregnant, like my wife had handed me the pregnancy test. I'm like, my baby Scarlet's coming. <laughs> my baby Scarlet. She's like, no, you don't just get to pick the name. I'm like, okay, wait. It's Scarlet. It Scarlet. That is her name. What if it's a boy? He's going to have a rough life. Yeah, it's Scarlet. <laughs> His name's Scarlet. Um, so everyone now that first two are associated with tv they're like oh scarlett johansson I'm like no i'm like her name is scarlett rose staley i'm like that's just adorable yeah that is a great name i like you hear scarlett rose staley and you're just like oh little, yeah little baby <laughs> like <laughs> so the thing that i always notice with you know people who i who started having kids mm -hmm. is the time perception been hard for you now that they're getting older like five years old already like perception like seeing them do something be like what the f yeah yeah I'm, oh yeah that always is, seems like one of the most fascinating and enjoyable aspects of life is just seeing like the being able to have like a conversation but it oh it's crazy like my daughter she's she's so smart she does struggle in school a little bit she's halfway through kindergarten right now yeah um just because she gets so excited it overwhelms her a little mm -hmm. bit which I totally get. She is. She loves school, but ever since she was like two, you could have full conversations. Really? Like, and you knew what she was. Saying. There may be a few words that she kind of like didn't know how to express. Sure. But she could have a full conversation with you and tell you stuff. And now uh, my son, who just barely turned two, like he can talk to me well enough that I can understand him. And I'm. I remember sitting there today. He came up. And he's like, when I was telling him, "Hey, I'm going to go see a friend of mine from high school." My oldest daughter goes, is he feeding you dinner? I'm like, I don't think so. I Why? I should have. I feel bad now. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until she says something. I'm like, man, you're going to make him feel bad. I'm going to tell him about this. <laughs> then my son comes up to me and goes, daddy, I'm like, what? Daddy, where are you going? <laughs> what? And me and my wife just like, did that just happen? I'm like, I'm going to go see a friend of mine from high school. Why? You still have me. <laughs> like, it's so crazy to watch. Like, it is, don't get me wrong, it is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Because you take this baby that literally cannot do anything without you, to seeing them like walking and talking and making friends, going to school, like coming home and showing you, hey, this is what I did in school today. I learned these letters. I learned how to like do the ABCs. I can count to nine hundred. Right. Which I love listening to my daughter count, but nine hundred is a very long ways. <laughs> Thankful, thankfully, the first time she did it, she gets to 100, goes 200, 300, 400. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. That's my girl. <laughs> you know how that's... day where she's like, 
201 or 101. Oh, no, she, she got to 900, goes 1000, 1001, 1002. I'm like, <laughs> it's a thousand. You're you got to, she goes, oh, I'll start over. <laughs> I love well, you, babe. <laughs> I got in trouble. My bad. I did forget to text you. We just kind of started going and got into it. Mm-hmm. You missed a great story. You need to go back and listen to that one. So let's transition from the amazingness into more. Okay. <laughs> so, how long have you been hunting? So, those of you who are listening, Cody runs a YouTube page, Staley Outdoors. Make sure you go sub, where oh, you yeah. do all outdoor activities in a vlog type style. And, well, okay. So, where, when did you start getting into outdoor activities aside from the obvious, like working mm-hmm. on your farm and stuff? And then, what made you decide to start vlogging it? Um, so how I kind of got into it, just, I, I remember being two or three and my dad would always go out and go elk hunting with his buddies and he'd come home and bring the meat and then he always had his like hunting movies mm. that, that was just something we did bonding. Like we'd always watch them and when I was six, I finally got to go. Well, I was given the choice. My dad didn't make us go do any outdoor stuff. He always, besides farm working, he's like, you're going to have a work ethic. Right. Um, for like going fishing, hunting, any of that. He'd always say, if you want to go, you know, you have to have your homework done, you got to do this, and then you can come with me. So when I was six, I finally got to go elk hunting for the first time, which changed my life. Like I remember, like I rode in, we rode in horses, right? So I rode in on a horse, 4 a.m. for a six-year-old is rough. Oh, yeah. Especially you tell them, hey, you got to eat breakfast, get on the horse, we're going to ride seven miles, and it will all be dark, and then we'll start hiking another few miles. I don't remember a lot of the ride, but I remember us putting the horses there. We took a few pictures just to be, you know, commemorate, hey, this yeah. is my first time elk hunting. Hike up to my dad's spot and just kind of hung out. Like, I remember reading magazines. You asked my dad about it. It was a terrible experience for him. Because <laughs> I remember I was reading a Scorpion King comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting there flipping through that, and I thought I was being quiet. According to my dad, it was like, listen, a freaking elephant crash through a forest. He's like, I just whoosh. <laughs> whoosh every page flipping he's like we sat down for five minutes and i gave up on looking for animals he's like it's a week-long trip we're done right i just remember it, it was just such a good experience just spending time with my dad just being outdoors we saw deer everywhere we'd see a cow elk which we couldn't shoot out there because we had a spike tag uh, a spike tag in utah pretty much one antler has to be straight up and down no branches off of it just it could be a freaking tree on the other side, but as long as one of them is up and down, okay. it's considered legal for a spike unit. We saw some bigger bulls, you know, like world-class bulls. Like you go into Cabela's and you'd see these type of bulls. Wow. And we had one that walked within like five feet of us. You, what an experience oh, for a Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Like stuff like that always like happened through us throughout the week. Um, the funniest part still to this day was we saw one spike. We see it like we see it run down 150 yards. My dad jumps up, starts shooting at it, got shot at, shoots again. I see a tree branch fall. Elk takes off. Smart ass six year old looks up at him, and goes, "Nice firewood, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> I, I know my dad was proud eventually of that comment. Right. Probably took, but a while. at the time, I remember like his face as he's reloading, just like. Right after I said that comment, he realized we were someone else shot the elk and killed it instantly. What? So we hike down, find the elk, and this dude is there with his 14 year old son. First time that kid's out elk hunting, too. 
Um, this is the terrible six-year-old that looks at him and goes, Hey, Dad, shoot him. Let's take our elk. <laughs> I don't remember the look on their faces, but my dad, I remember him freaking out. Well, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm not going to shoot you. He's like, he's six. He doesn't know. He's... We, we say goodbye to him, hike back our buddies. And they're like, we heard some shooting. You got to shoot. And I'm like, yeah, dad wouldn't shoot the guys that shot our elk. Can you believe that? <laughs> And I remember my buddy's son. Actually, they live right next door. The guys we were with, the Gillettes. Oh, really? Yeah, they're the guys that we'd go hunting. Oh, with. yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Dave Gillette and his oldest son, his uh, middle son Cody. Yeah, were both there. And I remember so Cody cool. just br- just busting up laughing. He's like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard." And Dave's like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> how did you handle that?" I Dave is a saint. Dave is amazing. He's one of my. It, if there's ever a person to model your attitude off of, off of it's that guy. Like oh, I, he, my, he is a, he is the best person. Ever. My only interaction with him is being a neighbor, and he is the fucking nicest human being. Oh yeah, on this planet Earth. If you if you ever want to hear some funny stories, ask him about being uh, my parents' home teacher growing up. Yeah, yeah. We there wasn't home teaching going on. There was me and my two brothers mauling the shit out of him. Like we would run up and. <laughs> catapult ourselves and land on his crotch and just, oh, just no. him just oh my dad told me a few years ago is like you know why they never had any more kids i'm like no why he goes because you and your brothers just destroyed that oh no <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man so like it it was that was like my first hunting experience that really got me into it. and then every year we have a big family camping trip it's either a week or two weeks long depending on how long my dad could go We'd go up and shoot. We'd start out by learning how to shoot BB guns. And when we could shoot those at 10 feet at a tin can and always hit it, my dad would graduate us to a 22. And man, if I took someone to teach him how to shoot, like uh, when I was taught to shoot, we'd have a lot more snipers in this world. <laughs> like my dad, how he taught us, he's like, okay, at 10 feet, you know, you can hit that. And then he'd give us a target at 50 yards with a 22 till eventually we were shooting like those little lollipops, like the. Uh, oh, yeah. Like you get in the child's play with all the Tootsie Rolls. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Tiny, tootsie Pops, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'd shoot those at 100 yards with a 22. That's how he taught us how to shoot, so we were never... <laughs> Y'all went WWE on the dude's ball back? <laughs> Pretty much, man. That, that's why, like, if he's saying he's a saint, he is a saint. Yeah. Like, he, he would wrestle back with us, but that poor guy. Oh, man, he, he really went to the ringer. <laughs> you figure you got... Three little boys that do not know how to give up in wrestling. Right. Like, we took out several adult men that thought, like, they they talk a lot of shit to dad, like, man, your sons don't wrestle. No, they learn. Oh, they learn. Like, they uh, learn quick. I have uh, Uncle Alex. This guy is six foot nine. The last time he wrestled with me and my brothers, I was six. He's six foot nine, about three, 325. And he's like, ah, man, I got these guys. He walked away from that so sweaty and just walked to my dad and goes, call him off! Call him off! Because <laughs> he, he's like, they don't stop. He's like, I hold one down and the other two just keep coming. He's like, and they back each other up. I think that's why me brother and my brothers have never gotten in a fight. Yeah, it would not, be bad. I'm like, I'm the biggest. I'm 6'3 six, six, and 15 sixteenths, and that bugs me because I can't put 6'4 on my driver's license. They, so I am so mad about that still. Do you just tell everyone those 6'4"? I'm just like, I'm 6'3", 
fuck the DMV. <laughs> fuck the DMV. Six three. Fuck the DMV. I'm like I'm two fifty right now. My yeah. middle brother, he's six six one. He might be six foot now because he screwed up his back. Mm-hmm. And he's about two twenty five. And our youngest brother is six six one, and he's about one ninety six. Mm. Like we're all big guys and we're all yeah. strong. Like we've never had to oh, yeah. fight anybody. Yeah. A rough day for that person. I had I have one fight, physical fight that I actually know of, and that was against my middle brother, and I knocked him out in three hits. Well, you know, sometimes the little after, brother's gotta learn. After that, <laughs> that kinda got out to a few people and they're like, Oh, we're good. Yeah, we're good, buddy. <laughs> we get you. We feel your strength. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so back to the hunting. I did yeah. have a question before we go too far. Yeah. Do you remember what that like what you felt when you saw that big bowl like oh dude that that was, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it, I don't know if you go out in the woods a lot, but yeah. when I go out there, I don't care what animal I see, I always get so fascinated. I'm like, oh, man, it's so cool to watch them. But you see, you know, a bull that's, like, fully mature, like, seven-year-old bull elk. You know, this animal's, you know, 1,000 pounds maybe. Like, he, he is the king. Like, he, he has been through the shit. He, is, he has earned his place in the woods. Right. And you see him just come walking by. It is the most amazing could thing you, to watch. Were you close enough to like hear him too? Like I was close enough. I could watch the snot dripping oh, off of his man, nose. That was so wild. Because at that time, it's called the uh, the rut. Pretty much when they're going around looking for females, they're wanting to breed. Right. So they're just fighting. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're just, just snot and everything. Like we could not only could we smell, we could see the snot running off of him. We could hear his breath. What does it smell like? I've never been that close uh, to any animal of that size in the wild. I'm trying to think of what it smells like because uh, an elk normally has a very different smell from a running bull. Right. A running bull, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it, I don't know. I should have brought some don't heat urine and been like, smell this. <laughs> you, you'd have gagged and right. probably cried. Um, it, it is just nasty. It, it smells absolutely disgusting. Mm. It, pretty much, if it would gag a maggot, that, that's, that's kind a good of way to describe like, yeah. it. It is bad. It, cause they, what they literally do is they walk up to like a dirt pile or mud or whatever, and they piss in it, and then they roll. Right, to and get they, that fair Yeah, and they keep rolling. doing it over yeah. and over. And they have a, on the back of their knee, they actually have a little scent gland. And mm. Deer do too. And they pee on that, and they use that to like mark areas too. Right. And it, it just smells awful. Oof. I mean, when I'm hunting and I smell, I'm like, oh, oh shit. That is good. Oh, shit. Right. I'm walking around the woods normally and don't have a tag. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. I mean, for a six-year-old, I feel like that has to be, like, one of the most, like, a very influential moment just in your whole life. Like, that's, like, had to have been a turning point, right? Like, Well, I'd always loved hunting, but, like, seeing that, it was was one of those moments in life where you're like, I have to see that. I have to experience this again. Yeah. Like, it, you can't. addiction almost. Oh, yeah. Like, even if you had a picture, video, whatever, you cannot express how amazing it was to see this giant-ass animal. You know, it's. It's five, five and a half feet at its shoulder, and it's got antlers on it that are six feet long. That is insane. And it's just this massive animal, and it's just walking past you. Like, doesn't give a shit that you're sitting there, because you're holding still. I mean, something that gets that close, you right. just kind of freeze and stare. You just watch it. You know, we both we both were talking about uh, Steve Vanella before mm-hmm. we started doing this podcast, and, you know, he always talks about, like, well, in some of his episodes, he talks about not being able to explain that connection. Oh, yeah. He, and he, I, it's it's so hard to explain that connection. It, 
especially just seeing the animals. I love, like, when I go out and go scouting to try and find out where deer or elk are hanging out. It's hard to explain that. I'll see, like, a buck or a bull and be like, oh, my gosh, that, that's so awesome. I love seeing this. That thing's just amazing to look at. Right. Can't wait to chase it and hopefully eat it, but it's so amazing to look at it. Um, especially hunting, like, I don't, I don't know how to test them, but, like, PETA, I hate PETA because I feel like they don't respect the animals as much as I do in the wild. I, I've heard this argument quite a bit. I don't know where I sit because I haven't researched it enough, but there's definitely a lot of actual hunters who say that PETA is very not pro animal they're just pro they're they're just pro screw you guys yeah that that's at least that's my opinion that's how i view it like because i spend so much time every year out in the woods looking for animals i i have watched a deer run up a mountainside that i just hiked it took me an hour to hike and i watched him do it in three seconds it it's almost a humbling experience to watch something like that and realize that's what i am trying to chase right now well and i think too the one I use perspective a lot because I just think that that's one of the most important aspects of life. Like going out and seeing this other living organism creature that, you know, it can be argued if it has a consciousness or not. I think they did. I think that they're more aware than we know. As far as, because I've done a lot of research into it. They do a lot of studies with this. There, There may be a little bit more of a conscience than we're willing to admit to, but overall, like deer, elk, everything their conscience is pretty much every day eat sleep survive yeah until the rut comes around then it's breed Breed. procreate yeah so it's when you're hunting you're literally looking for an animal that their entire life is to live through the day to hopefully live through the night to live through the next day right and that i mean there could be more of a conscience there than that but the reason why i think there might be is because like if you think about us as a species we're not that many years in the grand scheme of things from being we're, that. We are very far from that. You know, you like... You the world is, what, six billion years old? And yeah. We've you, been around for... What we know... Ten, maybe tens of thousands, yeah, if that. It, like, maybe that, like, if, if we want to stretch. I mean, we're not uh, we're, that far off from us. That's what we had to do is food, water, survive, shelter, procreate. Oh, yeah. and we still have those instincts oh yeah you know so i i just think it's interesting that there are people and now i'm not against PETA. i don't know enough about it but i think it's weird that people will talk bad about hunting but then forget that the hunters have a far more like a, a far bigger understanding of the actual animals oh, yeah. like what they who they are not just like Oh, well, these are deer, but who they are. Well, not even all animals, because like we were talking about before, there are those redneck hillbillies that are just, oh, I'm going to go shoot in the dark. Oh, I got this. But like, a lot of hunters that you'll meet nowadays, it is a lot of them put a lot of research into, like, hey, I go every year to the Davis County Library. They have the uh, ecology books, mm. pretty much just an all-around everything about this animal that was known up until whenever it was, you know, right. published. I go get the deer ones, moose, elk. I go and read through all those and write down notes to learn more because I want to know what that animal is going through. I want to know what it's looking for, what right. what makes it happiest. Like I, I put a lot of work into it, and just my view of PETA is they just more look at it as you can't go kill this because it's alive. It, right. You don't understand that animal. No, I don't feel like you understand that animal because 
like a lot of not even just PETA, but like a lot of animal rights groups just want all animals to live and just live. Sure. It the the reason I support hunting more than anything is the percentage of animals that actually die of old age that all these animal rights groups want is less than 1%. Right. Almost none of them. If it's not harvested by a hunter, it's either killed by disease, killed by a predator, or it dies right after birth. Right. Like it, the chances of them living to old age, almost nothing. Right. Like it, if you find, like they recently had a deer harvested in, I think it was Wisconsin, that was 17 years old. Cool. And they're like, how? Yeah, that's how an, did it, that's an anomaly for sure. Oh yeah. Well, the, that's not even the craziest anomaly of it. Thing, it was a hermaphrodite. It had it grew antlers, but it was a female. Really. The craziest thing was is they're trying to track now because they think she may have actually been able to reproduce. What? So that's what they're like. Everything about this deer tells us it should not have lived this long. Like it. It's so in crazy. your in your professional opinion, what do you th- like? How, why do you think that happened? Do you have any why it lived that long, or just well, like both? Happening? So why did it live that long, and then why did it grow antlers if it's a female? Um, so when I when I first heard about this story, I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I just went and researched more into it, um, and I kind of like the idea they came up with was what for part of why it was female but grew antlers was they're like something in its DNA. They think that every year kind of switched depending on how the environment reacted to it. It either would grow antlers and be sterile for one year for whatever environmental factors, but other years it would actually stay female and be able to breed and reproduce. Interesting. Which normally if a deer is female and grows antlers, it just might not do it. Yeah. But they're like, it definitely was not growing antlers every year. And the only thing I could think of for why, because it was a white-tailed deer. Like, mm-hmm. Utah, we have mule deer, white-tailed right. deer. The only thing I could think of is that deer are smart. Like, the larger deer, they've been around for a few years. So they catch on. They, they learn. Right. Like, they, they are conscious. I think she just got smart. I think she either found some private property that no one was hunting on or just got smart. She knew what was going on with the roads. She obviously was the matriarch around the area. 17 years for a deer. That's forever old. Right. I mean, that's... I think she just was around enough years that she got smart. Yeah, she, she just knew learned. what she was doing. That's insane. I hope there's more research that comes from it because that's just. Oh yeah, they, I know. Uh, I heard part of it on the Meat Eater podcast actually, and they were talking about that like they want to get that deer like looked at, like they yeah. want to find out what was going on there. That's so interesting. The and another thing that I want. So where do you sit? Because like I, I'm pro hunting. I have been for a while. I think that it just, when you actually sit down and do the research, if you're anti-hunt, anti-hunters, you need to really go look at it with your perspectives, the perspectives of actual hunters who are doing it to feed their family, to, we could call it a spiritual journey. I don't know. You call it whatever you want. It's like, it's I not mean, just can, to go hunt, but it's like, I can see it as a spiritual journey. I know a lot of people, they consider that as their spiritual journey. I know a lot of people that it, you know, it's just their pastime. Yeah. I can see it from most angles. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeding my family off of it. My family loves eating deer meat and yeah. elk meat. They love it. I can see the spiritual side. Like, I believe in God. I'm like, I am out there in the woods. I am seeing, you know, I believe God created it. I'm seeing what I believe he created. I'm right. seeing all this. That that's spiritual to me is being able to experience all that. Right. Like 
I, I get those perspectives of it. And, and I really think that the only, as far as like the one thing that I, I guess I agree with what PETA does is the factory farming. I don't, I, I don't agree with factory farming yeah. for, I don't think most people do now. My, I have a couple big reasons. I'm like, one, I don't appreciate it. Cause, uh, like a lot of the big scoring systems where people are like, Oh, I got, you know, a 160 inch buck, which is how large the antlers are measured too. I don't agree with it because they take those animals and put them into that system. Right. What bothers me about that is those systems were originally created to encourage people to go shoot larger deer back in the early 1900s, right after, because uh, they used to just go kill a bunch of deer and then sell it on the market, right? Right. Well, back in the 1800s, early 1900s, we decimated all the wildlife, just fucking destroyed it. Right. So they came out with these systems of, hey, go shoot the larger deer, you know, and we're gonna, you know, make a thing and say who shot the biggest deer, all in an effort to, you know, save all the females, save all the smaller bucks, bulls, whatever, so that they could live longer to hopefully build a bigger population. The issue that I have with the farming deer is you put them in there where they use that scoring system originally, they're like, okay, we're gonna do this to track the population health. Because if animals are scoring this big, then that should mean this for the population. So I, I struggle with the farming of that, and the other side to it is um, they have a chronic wasting disease, if you've heard of that. Yeah. It's like mad cow disease for, you know, deer, elk, and that. Right. That spreads like wildfire through those. Yeah, I heard it's really, really bad. And like, say you go through, still take those deer and sometimes turn that into, like, dog food could be passed on to dogs. Right. Really bad. So that, that's my biggest issues with those, is I don't, I'm like, you're kind of screwing up what they were hoping to do to tell population health. But you're also making the situation so much worse for wildlife. And on top of, like, and the other side of factory farming, like cows and chickens and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It, it's such a, we're, yeah. we're realizing the ramifications of not only environmentally, but health mm -hmm. of ourselves and the animals. Are, I mean, not, not saying I don't go to the grocery store and still, like, buy like, sure. beef or chicken or anything. But I like the idea of going out and harvesting my own meat. Yeah. Like, I, I know, I think we're... Personally, I think organic, that's a bunch of crap. If okay. you look at laws for organic, it's pretty much justified down to you have to do everything you can to not use like pesticides. But if you end up having to use pesticides, you just have to file it on it and you can still pass off as organic. Really? Yeah, which is stupid. I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. But I'm Are like, they still, I, I don't know enough about it to give a opinion, but is it still typically better meat? Um... Like as far as like organic meat in like a store or something, yeah. or it. Honestly, I don't know of any difference. Yeah, it's literally because you can't prove. Like if you buy a pound of organic hamburger, you can't prove which cow that came from. More than likely, it came from a few of them. Right. Um, so maybe one. It, it may make you feel a little better saying, "Oh yeah, it's organic." Maybe like a placebo. Yeah, I you can't. I can't prove anything that it's better for you or anything. Right. But like, if I'm going and taking a deer off the mountain. I know that deer has been eating grass its whole life. It's lived a good, happy life up there. Like, that I can say is legit organic because no one's going out there and shooting that thing full of right. freaking hormones Steroids or anything. Hormone. You know, I really wonder now that, because, like, obviously I think Rogan created a lot of people or flipped a lot of perspectives as far as, like, what people thought of hunting when oh, yeah. he had Ranella on and he had uh, another really popular guy. Blackbeard, clean cut dude. Oh, crap. What is his name? <laughs> yeah, he, he had him on there too. And like, 
I think that that was a turning point for a lot of people who didn't know much about hunting to be like, oh, yeah. oh okay, there is this whole entire other world. Which I appreciate exactly what they did. I love what Arnella did, bringing Rogan on to his yep. show, just sent, just offering up. And I love that about Rogan, that he's willing to look at all sides of it. Yes. He went and tried it. He saw the perspective of it that it could be and not what the world sees right. it as. And, and I, I love that they took both their platforms and made it mainstream mm-hmm. and just said, this is how we're doing it. You guys have this blurred vision of, you know, the redneck and the plaid shooting everything up while he's drunk. Yep. He goes, this is what more people are doing, though, now. Yep. This is what you can accomplish from it. And those are the people that, like, it's, it's it, part of their life. It's a few bad apples make the yep. rest look bad. In almost every scenario in life, that's usually what mm-hmm. it is. A few mm-hmm. bad <laughs> apples make the rest look awful. You know, mm-hmm. to get, bef- before we get back to you becoming a sniper, pretty much, <laughs> um, I really think in the next, I don't know, five, ten years, we're going to see a spike and like butchers being more popular. Oh, dude, and it started. Yeah, it I mean, started this year. That's the uh, I, I can tell you from because every year you have to apply for hunt tags, right? Yeah. This last year when I went to go buy an elk tag, it's all bought over the counter. You just pay for it and you get it. I had to wait in the line. I logged. It opens at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. I logged in at nine o five. I was forty two thousandth person in line what? waiting for the state of Utah. My brother logged in an hour later, and he was 926,000 in line. 926,000? Thousand. So, like, For the state of, there are 30,000 elk tags in Utah that are over the counter. So because of COVID, a lot of people are just looking to get out. Yeah. And a lot of people had a lot of success this year, and a lot of people found, like, because of listening to Arnella, yeah. Rogan, they got out. They started seeing what it could be. Yeah. So it's happening. It's going on right now. That, that's what I figured because there's just when you really listen to them and you watch what they're doing, you're like, it's almost like if you don't live an outdoorsy life or you dabble in it, mm-hmm. and then you see guys like that going and doing what you're what they're doing, you're like, there's some, I'm missing something in my life, and I think it's that. I think a lot of people probably have that where they're like, I should be doing that not only to provide for my family or myself. But, like, there's just something about nature that you can't explain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows it. I mean, you're not always going to be successful when you go out hunting. No. There, there's a very small chance of being successful. But you learn something. Like, sitting there in the quiet, the wild, you could just be watching birds. You could see an animal go by that you can't shoot. You just, it changes you. It makes you feel different. It makes you, like, a big perspective I always think is thinking of, like, well, I'm sitting in some dark ass hole in the bottom of the canyon I'm like man i wonder how many like native americans came through here i wonder how many pioneers came through here i wonder how like, i found like old uh fire pits that i'm like that have like trees and shit growing out of wow. i'm like how long ago was that when did this happen it it just gives you a whole different perspective of life especially getting away from all of today's technology and everything i, I think that's the biggest one i think every my personal opinion, I think everyone should go try it once. Yeah. At least I'm not everyone's gonna like it. It is rough, it is grueling. You have to be very mentally tough. Like day one, you you'll be fine. Day two, waking up at four AM again, you're gonna be like, Well, shit, I gotta go <laughs> hate life again, hike up that mountain. I, I think too, one of the biggest things that people need to experience with it is the failures. Oh yeah. I think if everyone went and hunted for it's too oh. many participation trophies. We need, yeah. we need some more failure. I, I think that if everyone went 
with the goal of getting an animal and hunted for like three to five days and failed all five days, I think a lot of people will learn a lot of lessons. Which is a very big possibility of that. Yeah. Like I go out, I'm going to shoot the animal that I know is going to feed my family. Mm -hmm. But if that animal is standing next to something that has like a trophy potential, I'm not saying I'm a trophy hunter in general, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to shoot the bigger one. Yeah, of course. You know, be like, eh, worst case scenario, I miss both of them. Yeah. They both get a runoff and I get to go home and throw up into my brother and be yeah. like, those stupid deer moved yep. out of the way. Tell the story. <laughs> yep. So to get back to like childhood, your dad was, you started off with a BB gun. Went to a 22. Went to a 22. 100 yards with a lollipop. Then after that, um, we shoot 12 gauge once in a while and started learning how to shoot clay pigeons, you know, throwing mm -hmm. them up in the air. Just started learning different things, doing it that way. And then uh, probably when about eight is when he started being like, all right, if you want to start learning how to shoot a hunting rifle, which hunting rifle is a big, big gun for you to be handing an eight-year-old. Oh, yeah. But like we'd like have little rests and we'd start at 100 yards and start shooting there and like the gun that I would shoot would actually get padding in our shoulders for us. Yeah. Cause it'd be one, two shots and I'd have a dead arm oh. and I couldn't feel it for like two days. <laughs> but I still remember sitting there just being like, man, if only that was an elk. <laughs> <laughs> so the actual, the caliber that my dad taught me how to shoot on when I bought my elk hunting rifle, finally, I bought the same caliber. Really? I bought a better version of it. So I could be like, Hey dad, look what I got. <laughs> Check this one. <laughs> But yeah, I went with that same one, and the last time I went like long distance shooting, I think I shot 945 yards, and I shot three inches high, and my gun's only sighted to 600 yards, and I'm like, so I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Like, I mean, you, you should never shoot, in my opinion, you should never shoot an animal that far. Like, a lot of people, I hate hearing the analogy, people are like, oh yeah, you go out and shoot a deer at a mile away, I'm like, if you can hit something a mile away, Good on you. Yeah. You are a great shot. I'm like, but you're never going to shoot a deer that far. You may shoot it up to 600 yards. At least that's as far as I'm willing to go. But you can't shoot much further than that and help have it be an instant kill shot. I think that's the other thing people need to learn who don't understand anything about hunting is like, there's that joke like, oh, you just go out there and you blast animals. If it, if it was that easy, everyone would go and do it. Oh, yeah. It's not. It is not easy. It's it, not even close to that reality. It is. That's why I love saying it's like the best sport because mm. not everybody wins. Right. I mean, and the people who do win, they deserve it. Yeah. They oh. they work their ass off for Especially, it. Especially, shouts out you, bow hunters. Because that's right. a whole different. Right. So my Forrest, for those of you who know him, he was getting into bow hunting and he would tell me stories. I'm like, dude, I don't even like. Oh, there's stuff is. that you don't even think about. You if you're not paying attention to the wind. Oh, and you've not paid attention to your set. I hate the wind. Like, you're, you're done. They're going to see you way before you see them. So, we can get back to, just, I want to have one argument. I, I always hear people always tell me that same thing. You know, congrats, you're a bow hunter. It's so much better than a rifle hunter. I have one issue with that okay. talk. You figure a bow hunter, what you're aiming to do is you're trying to put that broadhead through either both their lungs or their heart, their liver, right? Right. You're trying to make them bleed out. On average, that could take an hour to 12 hours to kill them. Mm. So you're making them bleed out into their lungs. With a rifle shot, yeah, you're shooting them further, but it could kill them instantly. Right. I ha I did kill my first deer with an instant kill shot with a bow. Okay. But that's my issue. I'm like, 
with a gun, it could be, oh, la, 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 I'm eating grass. Oh, I'm dead. Whereas, yeah, with a bow, you know, it you come be... in. You, I'm going to have to work my ass off to get to within a shooting distance, so the chance of them hearing me, seeing me, smelling me, way greater. But, I don't know, does that kind of make sense? That's, what, what, it... that's what I'm saying kudos to is, like, I, in my opinion and my knowledge, I think that bow hunting is a harder I, I agree. process. But I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, where... I'm not saying bow hunting is not, because I, yeah. that's why I hunt deer with a bow only, because I think it's so much harder, and that is the most fun. Yeah. Acting like a fucking ninja trying to get close. That's where I turn into that little three-year-old and I'm like, I'm going to be a ninja. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get close. Uh, let's see here. Mike says, first gun I shot was the family double barrel. Dad told me to pull bow triggers, sent me how... into the grill of the truck. I was going to say, how does your ass feel after <laughs> that? Oh. Yeah, like, I, I'm 100% for bow hunting. If you can kill anything with a bow, do it. Yeah, that, That's the way to go. But I also want to look at the animal's perspective. Is it going to kill them faster? I don't want them to suffer. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's whenever. That's just something I tell everyone. I'm like, don't knock gun hunters as much too, because they're. If it's a good shot, and there's, I, sh I should say, if it's a good shot, it most likely is killing them instantly. Right. Better for the animal. Easier. Easier. Easier, well, yeah, easier for the animal. <laughs> not, not run around and be like, I can breathe. What's going on? I'm starting to see my family. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you? I want to hear the story of the first time you actually got an okay. animal. So that, I, I get a lot of shit for this. Okay. Um, this is actually one of the craziest things that actually helped push me to want to really blog stuff. Um, so what was happening was I, I'd been out, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, which by that time a lot of people were like, oh, you're not going to find anything. Right. I spot a group of deer. It was a, what could they call the extended archery season. So I could shoot either a buck or a doe. First year out bow hunting, I'm like, you know, I just want to kill something so I can get experience for having killed it, butchering it up, get all that. I'm sneaking in on these deer. I'm 60 yards away, hiding behind sagebrush that's that, you know, foot and a half tall, right. tiny. As I'm sneaking in, a cow moose walks out 20 feet in front of me and is watching these does. And I'm like, shit. Because I've run into so many moose that have charged me, and those things are massive. Oh, that's terrifying. Terrifying. Well, as that happens, the wind comes down from behind my back, and she smells me and turns. Oh. So she's 15 feet from me now, staring at me, trying to figure out what I am. So I'm sitting there with a bow in one hand, and I don't have a pistol at this point. So I'm, like, reaching behind me, trying to find something. I grab onto this branch. I start, like, smacking it on the ground. And she kind of wanders off about 20, 30 feet, and then she turns and starts, like, pawing at the ground. Like, she's going to charge. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I grab hold of this branch. I'm like, I'm just going to throw it. Throw it. It's a 10-foot dead tree that I just picked up off the ground. <laughs> Smacks her in the side and she takes off. And I just kind of stand up and I'm like, well, deer are gone. <laughs> Go walking down into the little meadow, just shaking like crazy. Just so much adrenaline. And I see this one deer come running out at 30 yards. And I'm like, whatever. Pull and shoot and the deer's gone. And I'm just like the hell just happened it it was right there and there's a couple little hills where i was at so i go walking over there and it's dead i killed it instantly oh which, so it dropped which blew my mind like what it ended up being was it was a barely old enough fawn that its spots were gone so that's what i get a lot of shit for from my brother because mm. he's like you're a baby killer killing tomorrow's trophies today 
<laughs> he told me I need to put that at the beginning of all my videos. He's like, that could be your, could be your hook funny. line. That's pretty funny. I'm like, I know, but I need to kill something to come back from that. Right. <laughs> but so when I get over to it, my arrows are yay long, right? Mm. End of my arrows touching its butt. I shot it through, went through both lungs, pierced his heart, came out right here in its neck, and went up under his jawline and popped out above its head. Oh, or above geez. its eyeball. So you figure my arrow is at full length, and that is how far it went through it. It's, wow. <laughs> my arrow is coming out of its head, and the fletchings are touching its butt. And I'm looking, and I'm like, well, that's why I <laughs> dropped right there. <laughs> and that was the first thing that you got? Uh, that was the first one I got. Like, I, I feel bad because I don't want to shoot fun. I don't want to yeah. shoot babies. I want them to live. But, you know, that whole 11 pounds of meat I got off yeah. of it yeah. Really tender. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I bet, too, just like, I mean, that's an amazing story. Like, it, it was just crazy going from I'm sneaking into I'm not going to find anything. And then I'm just like, whatever. But yeah. Worst case scenario, I miss. Best case scenario, it's dead. And you... And I, it was dead. <laughs> was that moment when you stopped seeing it? Did you think that it just you I, missed and it got away? I was just my only thought was, what, what just happened? What, where is it? Where did it go? Because I didn't. Because it was it was a wide open meadow. Like I right. could have seen if it ran. So I was wondering if there was like a hole or something. Like I had the thought of, did a mountain lion come out of nowhere and <laughs> tackle it? I'm like, what just happened? It, so I, that's why I just went walking over. I'm like, oh. Well, there it is. Got it. It's here. Was the moose thing the scariest thing that you've encountered? No. Oh. No. I have two stories that okay. are worse than that. Let's hear it. Um, the one that actually made it so I carry my 45 with me now. Actually got my wife convinced to let me buy the 45. <laughs> um, 100 yards south. No, 150 yards south of where that exact thing happened. Me and my brother just snuck in in the dark. He was, you know, a little ways away from me. I could see him. I go and sit down at this tree. I'm just kind of looking around, listening. I hear some rustling over here, so I'm looking. I don't hear anything, so I start turning my head back, and right here, when I'm turning my head back, I see a cat head. And I'm like, what the hell is that cat head? Motherfucker. There's a mountain lion from me to that wall away staring at me, ready to pounce. And the only thought I had go through my head was, on an episode of The Simpsons, it says if you act big, they run away. <laughs> That, that was my whole thought process. As I, like, my bow was strung, had my arrow on it. I pull another arrow off. I start sliding my back up, like, flip my arrow around. So I'm like, thing comes after me. I'm going to fight. Yeah. I stand up, turn, and start making, like, loud, deep noise. Thing, and I'm being intimidating. Thing takes off. It's a full-grown tom. You know, like, nine-foot cat. Yeah, ginormous. And it's, like, I just watch it run up over this hill. And I'm just shaking. I start yelling, James! James! We gotta go! We gotta go! Why are you yelling? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> he comes walking over. I'm all shaking. He's like, was that you making those noises? I'm like, yeah. yeah. He goes, I thought there was a retarded moose. <laughs> Jeez. He's like, what? What were you yelling at? What were you yelling about? I'm like, there's a mountain lion, man. Cody, there wasn't a mountain lion. I walk over in the mud. You can see where the paws press back as it was going to pounce. And he's like, well, shit, there was a mountain lion. Yeah, oh, shit, you just, my brother just about died. <laughs> and we follow the tracks. It tracked me 150 yards at least. No shit. Through the woods. 
and watched me. Like it was coming for me. That is a like so you were that's, fully getting stalked by That's scary shit. Like I got home and I'm like, so babe, this just happened. I need a forty five. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Was she she's well first reaction was, You're not going anymore. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I wonder if she wanted I'm like, you babe, to stop. Babe, I'm fine. I'm like, if I had a gun though, like I want, I'd be fine. I wouldn't have these issues. And she's like, Well, if you can find one on a good sale, I'm like Sweet yes. person. <laughs> Damn, that's yeah, scary. Terrifying. Friggin' That one was terrifying. Another one I had uh, happened last January. Um, January 4th, I still remember it. Because uh, I had a late season elk tag. I, I was out hunting in the snow with that same brother. Um, ended up seeing a cow elk, which I, well, I could shoot. Mm -hmm. Shoot it, it drops. We're like, we're, it's done. We got this. This is happening. Get over to where it was, and there's tons of blood everywhere, no elk. Okay. I start tracking the elk. I go like five miles before I'm just like, dude, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm done. I'm like, I'm going to start hiking back because he stayed back. Just, you know, watch with his binoculars, see if we could spot it. Well, I decided, hey, if I go up on top, the top of this looks like there's no snow up there. I was wrong. There was chest deep snow on oh. me. So I'm walking through chest deep snow trying to get back. And I get to this point where it levels out. And I'm like, dude, I'm done. I had no water. I had like 10% left on my phone. And I had no food, and I'm sitting there just on top of this mountain, just like, this is just gonna be shit. it. So I call my brother. I'm like, dude, how's it looking? He's like, dude, what are you doing? Why, why are you there? And so I'm sitting there freaking out. I call my wife. I'm like, babe, just so you're aware, I'm calling search and rescue right now. She's like, what did you do? <laughs> Start telling like, it's okay. I just got turned around. I went the wrong way. I'm up here. I'm calling search and rescue. She's like, are we gonna have to pay medical bills? I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to make it home. Don't worry, babe. I got this. Call up Search and Rescue, and they start trying to send in, like, hikers and snowmobiles. Well, it's too steep. They can't get to me before dark because it's – I shot it at, like, 7 in the morning. At yeah. this point, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. It's starting to get dark. It's, like, 9 degrees where I'm sitting on top of this mountain. And I'm, like, dehydrated. I'm starving. I'm trying to, like, keep in contact so they know I'm all right. Eventually, I get a call from the search and rescue station. They're like, hey, just so you're aware, we have to send a helicopter to get you. They're like, you're in too bad of a situation. You, we got to get you out. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I was just out. I was a little bit out of it. I know I was. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's help. And that, I wish I'd been blogging at this point because this would have been so cool to get. Because they circle around. I had to like signal them with my hunter orange to drop a guy right next to me. Mm. And they he pulls out this. It looks like a tortilla shell okay and he's like okay so your arms go through here so it goes over my arms and claps right here then another one goes up through my crotch and claps over the top of it and goes okay so what we're going to do is we're going to hoist you up into the helicopter and then we're going to fly you back to where we have the landing strip cleared out which thankfully was like 100 feet from my car right so they get hooked up lift me up at which point i start freaking out because he told me we're going to get you in the helicopter that is not what happened I was left hanging off the side of the helicopter. Oh, what? With the dude in the helicopter holding me steady. So I'm like, well, if I'm on the outside, I'm going to look. I want to see what's happening. Like, I remember seeing snow fly off my boots. I remember the dude in the helicopter. Stop fucking moving. Stop it. Because <laughs> he's like, you can't be twisting. You can't be doing that. 
Oh, yeah, because if you twist, you'll just start oh, yeah, cause I, spinning. Because I was right there at the weight limit for that carrier, too. Yeah. So I, I was still freaking out. like, man, this thing's going to break. Whew. But they bring me back. <laughs> Helicopters hovering like 10 feet off the ground. They drop me in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> they... Well, they yell at me because I start trying to stand up. You can't stand yourself up. They run, have all these volunteers come over and like stand me up, take everything off, put me on a snowmobile, take me around, and put me in an ambulance. At which point I start freaking out. I'm like, I don't think I'm that bad, guys. Right. So they just thankfully just ask me questions. And... Did you end up having to pay no. for sure? Really? No, I looked it up. So in because it happened in Salt Lake County. Okay. Salt Lake County Search and Rescue is all volunteers. If I if you get in an ambulance and take a ride to the hospital, you pay for that. Right. But if you use a helicopter or anything else, you don't pay anything. That's the least good. That that was my saving grace because I got looking it up. If it happened in Davis County, yeah, that's like twelve grand. Ooh. I'm like, I think my wife would have taken. Yeah, she probably yeah. wouldn't, but she'd probably be like, eh, hell, life insurance. Yeah. Looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Bebert says, I hope you're not scared of heights. I'm not scared of heights. No, I'm scared great. of falling. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have, I, I know this is a question that a lot of hunters ask each other. Do you have a dream tag and a dream location? I do. I have one that I'm really trying to get good enough at vlogging to go do this. This is going to upset a lot of people that I want to do this. My dream is to go over to South Africa and go hunt a giraffe with a bow. Okay. And the reason I want to do that, I, I don't remember who where I first saw it, but I was like, that sounds so difficult. Right. Because the place I've been looking at, I'm doing it for my 30th birthday, actually. That's what I'm going to go do. Um, place I'm looking at, it's all free range. I do have to have a guide, but it's not like it's on a you know 2,000 acre farm or anything. It's all free range animals, so I have to really look and try for it. Right. And just the idea of using a bone, I'm like, that just sounds so difficult. Super I'll, difficult. I want to try something that difficult. That's why I want to do it. The thing I really like about doing that, though, like with African hunts, especially stuff like that, what they do, because that's going to cost me ten grand, maybe oh, yeah, fifteen sure. between trophy fees, you know, flights, everything. All that money goes to the local economy. Right. It goes to all the local tribes. When you kill an animal like that or an elephant, something like that, I may get ten to twenty pounds of meat, maybe a little more, depending on what guide service I go through. I can probably take the skull and the hide. Yeah. Everything else, they call the local tribes, everyone closest to it, and they bring them out, and they take whatever they want. See, and that, that's something that I had to learn, because for the longest time, I i guess I would say, yeah, I was against that type of hunting, because I which, didn't Which understand. a lot of people do that, as it's just trophy hunting. They don't, right. they don't know, okay, all the meat's going to the locals, it's helping the locals, it, the money it goes to the It stimulates their economy yeah. is the biggest one that I read. That, now, I, I know that, like, there's a conversation that has to be had about Americans and Disney mm -hmm. where Disney has made it so animals are our friends and yeah. you know you can take it for a positive or a negative Disney's great they do a lot of great things well, Disney's great I they I will say one thing Disney has done for any person who's a hunter that grew up in a house in a hunting household at least they put everyone's number one buck on their map yeah. Bambi's daddy is every single deer hunter's number one buck. <laughs> I guarantee you. Right. Or at least at one point in time, someone said, I want that deer. Sorry, just checking. It was oh, saying good. my bit rate was dropping for some reason. but 
and Streamlabs says everything is fine. Because, I mean, you get you get told how negative it is to go trophy hunt. And, like, we had the big, what was it, three or four years ago, the girl with the lion. That they do with the lion. There's a girl with the giraffe. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, even me still, like, I saw the lion and saw her and I was like, okay, that's a little fucked up. The, the, when you go and do the research, you do find out that, A, it's a lion that was already dying. Mm-hmm. The meat the, gets the, used. The reason with the lion, though, is because so many tourists came by and had named it. Yeah. That, that's the problem with wild animals. If people don't realize that lion, if it was between, like, you and a meal, he's going to kill you. He doesn't for fucking sure. care if his name's Cecil. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, yeah, it's great to go see him and all the... You know that He's still that doctor. Animal. The doctor got screwed over by the people who set it up yeah. because he paid all that money that should have gone one place, and they screwed him over. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> and and that's kind of like, would I ever go do it? No, because I, the only thing that I would want to hunt is local. I don't have mm-hmm. aspirations of doing something that grand. Which there, there's actually a lot of people that don't. Yeah, that just don't want to try that. I'm, and just my thing was, I'm like. One, I want to go to Africa because I want to see Africa. Right. I think that would just be amazing. And that's just something like something that difficult. Yeah, I'll probably get a lot of hate for it, I'm sure. But well, I still want to try that's that. why I'm talking the way that I am is like I had to learn that that process and understand that like, A, there's benefits for the economy. The All the local tribes are going to get the meat, which they need. Oh, yeah. And you get... I get you to get, take a shot in a picture, pretty much. Yeah, you get a shot in a picture, maybe some meat, maybe some hide, yeah. and a skull. Yeah. And, like, granted, do people want to have... People are going to have problems with that regardless. There's not going to ever be a point of well, appeasing it's not hunting. It's Something's going to make someone mad no matter yeah, what. Of course. It's just, that's just a lot easier to look at. Yeah. It's it easy way. to get mad at something like that when you think, oh, man, Lion King's my favorite fucking movie. That looks like Simba... He has a he has a name, yeah. Of course, I'm mad. When you dig a little bit deeper and you understand it, you can still be mad and upset and disagree with it. But, but you, at, you least look at, look at, at least you look at at least look at what's gonna help. Yeah, especially like the big thing is a lot of places they'll be like, you can come and shoot this animal. Yeah, because this animal's past its prime. It's hurting the genetics. It's hurting the population. Where the problem is and where you need to focus your anger is poachers. Oh yeah. That's the people who go out there and... Which ends some of that might goes towards fighting poachers. Goes to fight. Those are the people who go and, you know, tranquilize rhinos and cut their horns off for the ivory. Not and... even that. They just take cord and they get around their feet and then they'll walk up to them and just start cutting it off. Because yeah. they can get two legs in those, uh, in their traps. Yeah. And the rhino can't go anywhere because it hurts too much. That, that those... That's where the focus needs to be. It shouldn't be... Oh, yeah. It needs, needs to be fighting those guys who... Again, a few bad apples make it worse for everyone else. Exactly. A few bad apples. It's always the bad apples. Do you have... Because I, I want to try and close up here in about 15. I'll put us at two hours. Time flies, doesn't it? Right, it does. I always tell people who come on for their first time... You, have you ever done a podcast before? I haven't. I haven't. You, it gets Maybe weird. I'll have to come back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Part two for sure. Um, it's always weird when you get close to that two hour mark and it's like, we've been just shooting the shit for two hours. That was quick. (laughs) It goes quick. I'm used to things being quick. (laughs) (laughs) Premium. (laughs) Premium. Exactly. Um, do you have a location in the States that you're like, 
really want to go to. Um, I have I have a specific hunt in Utah that I want to go down to just because uh, I I do want to go hunt Idaho just because I love Idaho. Yeah. There's a lot more opportunity up there. But the uh, the same area that I went on my first elk hunt with my dad, they have the spike only hunts, which is over the counter, or they have what they call a limited entry unit, okay. which is where I could go shoot that big bull that walked in front of us. It's that same area, but it's like maybe 200 tags for that. Okay. So, but it's a massive area. Like, I I applied this year to try and get that tag because I want to go do that hunt. So, to someone who doesn't know a lot about how tags work, let's say you get the tag, mm-hmm. but then you go hunt and you you don't succeed. Does that tag just expire? Yep. And you don't get a second. You have to reapply the next year. So, if I get that tag, how Utah has their setup with a limited entry unit, you get that tag, you get it for that year. You have a certain set of days that you're allowed to go use a certain weapon to go hunt in this certain area, right? If you don't accomplish it in that, you're done. And for that same limited entry tag, you have to wait five years. You can't apply to get another limited entry tag for five years, and then you can start reapplying. Oh, so you can't. If you fail... If you fail, you got a five-year wait before you can try again. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's there's I some mean, that every year you can go do it. Sure. And if you fail, yeah, go apply again the next year. But those ones, if you get it and you fail, you got a five-year wait. Or if you get it and you succeed, again, you get a five-year wait before you can right. try again. I guess that's good, though, because, I mean, they do have to be fair to everyone. And, oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure the list of how many people apply for that is... Oh, there's... Well, on that tag, I went and looked up the statistics. I have like a point zero zero seven percent chance. So me going on that hunt this year is not going to happen. Unless, right. I, unless I've unless i got some luck, at which point I'm going to Idaho for a lottery ticket. <laughs> right, no kidding. Because I probably might have a better chance of winning the lottery than getting that tag. For real. I mean, I've heard that from other hunters who are like, I want to get this tag. And then like... Six oh, yeah. years later, like, hey, I'm still trying. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people be like, dude, if you're gonna apply for a tag, you want swing for the fences, right? Go all out because you you're not gonna get it, but you might still try. <laughs> right. So I guess the last thing I want to talk about is what what inspired you to start vlogging, and then where do you want to take it? Because you're you're getting great views. Mm-hmm. Stay in the outdoors again. Anyone listening on YouTube, you're on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. There's a Facebook page for it. There's a Facebook page. Make sure you go drop a follow and yes, subscribe. Yeah. Um, yeah, where did you, what made you decide to start vlogging and then where do you really want to take it? Okay. Well, I'll try and keep it simple since we're not important. No, I mean, but... you, you go as long as you okay. need for this. Well, and there can always be part two. But... Yeah. Um, so where it really started, like I watch a lot of outdoor vlogs. I watch a lot of outdoor videos and I'd always be like, oh man, that'd be so cool to have something like that. Till one my first year bow hunting, my brother brought up when we were hiking in one time. It's like, yeah, we were thinking about starting a vlog, just like a little family thing. I'm like, dude, me and you, let's do an outdoor vlog. Yeah. He's like, no, we aren't We aren't good enough for that. We, <laughs> he's like, we don't find enough animals, we don't do it. I'm like, no, dude, come on, me and you, stay outdoors. Brothers, right? That was just off the top of my head. He's like, no, it's a terrible name, that'll never take off. <laughs> I'm like, so it just kind of like ended there. I was just kind of like, ah, whatever, whatever. Well, then just one, then the, the next Christmas, my wife bought me a GoPro. Mm. And it's like, you've been talking about it ever since that hike with James. Just try it. Just try Let's it, see what it. happens. So I've just been like, you know what? I'll try it. So I did like the first five episodes I ever made. And it was just at a time where I couldn't really go do anything outside because there was so much snow. It was just difficult. I was like, oh, man, that's so much work. Right? So I quit for like eight months. And I just went, you know what? 
I'm passionate about this. I want to show like my mountain lion story, freaking moose stories, all that. I'm like, I want to show people that shit happened. Right. Those are almost like you hear the term fish story. Oh yeah, it's like stuff like that happens. You're like, yeah, you're gonna believe it, but you want to show it to someone. You're right. Exactly. And like, I wish I had that stuff on film to be like. I can tell you, but you just don't understand. You have you have to see it. Oh, if you had the moment with the mountain lion. Oh, dude. Oh, I've been viral, man. I'd be a lot bigger than <laughs> I am. Oh, right not only would you be viral, but that'd probably go on those lists of like top scariest ten shit yeah, to ever scariest ever happen. Like it's stuff like that. So I just started pushing myself. And like you know, I did the one where we did the garden that my wife mm-hmm. wanted. You know, I started doing a lot of like taking my kids out fishing. I did been doing like shed antler hunting. I actually went out this year and got my hunts filmed and just told myself i'm like do it yeah just do it you it's the same as when i shot my first year i need to get it done so i can learn to keep moving forward absolutely so it just kept pushing me in the especially when i got into being able to scout and hunt and get that all on video and get those out there and i start getting a lot more views like start getting a lot more subscribers i'm like i feel a little bit validated right it just it just felt good to get that i'm like they're enjoying what I'm putting out there. I'm making the videos how I want them to be. It may not have all the footage I want, but with outdoor stuff, especially with animals, it it's, it's hard to yell at a deer and be like, "Hey, hey, come back!" Yeah, I need a I need Slip a better around. view. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's been fun trying to push myself to get a little bit more of that. Um, as far as where I want to take it, oh man, I'd love to get to the point where I could support my family on just doing YouTube. Oh. That's a long way. Uh, right. Like, I know you don't. Like, it's hard to get to that point, but I just like to get to the point where I could, I, I have met one person actually when I was out ice fishing recently that I w- was walking off the ice and they could see my phone in my hand. They're like, hey, wait, are you from Staley Outdoors? I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. He's like, dude, I love your videos. Really? Watch it. That was awesome to me. I, I want to like be able to like go, like if I went to like a hunting expo, I would love to be able to walk, get through there and just have people like come up and say, oh man, that was awesome. We love seeing you. I had my first one like a year ago where someone's like, well, you do the podcast, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh man, I like it. And I was so dumbfounded. I was like, I like completely like shut down. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to say. He knows who I am. He's <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> it was at Taco Bell of all places. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like in the drive through And the guy's all like, Hey, you you do the podcast right like you stream i'm like yeah he's like oh watch that i like it keep it up and i'm like i'd be like man are these tacos free (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) i just i'd like to get to the point i'd love a goal i have for myself is i'd love to get like one sponsor this year Mm. chances of that probably not great you know that that's a hard hard thing to get into especially with outdoor stuff because you got camel companies are looking for certain things or you know, hunting, just different equipment things. They want certain things. So sure. It's, and my thing is, like, I actually had a, I had a company get a hold of me the last couple of days that wanted me to, you know, be associated with them and, like, kind of, like, rep some of their gear. And they're trying to tell me, yeah, you know, this is where our money goes to. It's towards, like, animals and conservation and such. I'm like, well, that's cool. I like your gear. Can you tell me, like, where your money's actually going to, though? And they couldn't tell me. They're just like, I'm like, like well, why are you so concerned? Like, I don't want to put your company in a position where you're putting all this money towards anti-hunting, but you're sponsoring this person that is all hunting. Right. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's your decision, but I'm like, I don't like the conflict of interest. Yeah, that's definitely a tough spot to be in. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to end up on that. I'm like, so if you can tell me, like, you know, that we're good, and then just a few other things started happening that was a little bit shady. I'm like, I don't know if you're a real sponsor. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. Was it on Instagram, or was it? So I got it on Instagram, and then they sent me an email. Also, not that this is bad, and please, any sponsors reach out to either of us. But oh, yeah. there is definitely a weird, like, I don't know what word I want to use, but on Instagram, I companies will reach out and want to sponsor you but it's always has like really weird terms like i've had a couple reach out to me and like we get down into it and i'm like so you want me to do what like because i have no problem if someone's all like hey this is the greatest soda that's ever been invented i don't know if i would ever do a pitch like that but like i have no problem being like oh yeah by the way we're sponsored by aluminum can like you know that's totally fine with me but there is just weird like by the request. way, if you guys want to sponsor him with that drink, yeah, <laughs> he's you're down. the only doctor I know, but <laughs> no, it's a, it definitely is a weird landscape to try and get. Oh yeah, sponsors as a content creator, and I've been trying to deal with it. I found a couple of things which I'll message you, um, uh, maybe on Sunday, and talk to you a few things that have been working for me, and maybe we can okay. get you set up with something, but. Dr. P is way for me. <laughs> Genius. Genius. <laughs> Clip it and send it to Dr. Pepper. Yes. Um, no, it's, it is weird though. Like, to think, especially when you start creating content, you're passionate about it. Like, at least for mm-hmm. me, like, that's the next step I want to take because I know how much better content I could create if this was my full time gig. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if you had all the time to put into something, it, you're gonna do a lot better. I mean, yeah. I think you do great at this as it is. Well, thank you. I appreciate so. that. And it, you know, I would love to, like you said, get to the point too where like I can support myself and my family and like feel comfortable doing it. But man, is it a it's scary it's a scary thing? Yeah, it's scary to think about it, and it's also like it's, it's almost that safety net of a job. Like if you've been there for a while, you know you're guaranteed this much money, yeah. these kind of benefits, and then just saying, "Well, jump off the deep end." Yep. It's scary, especially having three little kids. Like, oh yeah, I can only uh, this company actually Mountain Ops. Like, I know the CEO. I know this. I know most of their operating officers. I made and vain Mountain Ops. Oh yeah, stuff, <laughs> dude, so good. If you ever get the chance to go up to their uh, shop in Fruit Heights, check it out. Yeah. It's awesome. The if you ever get the chance to meet Trevor, their CEO, greatest guy ever. Oh, I'm Super have to humble. Go out there. I love that guy. I run into him a lot when I'm out hiking. I run into him all the time. You know, we're on a pretty good first name basis. Like, I like, was talking to him one time because I do the blogs and everything. I'm like, where would I have to get to to get sponsored? He goes, I'll be honest. He goes, I told us, you have nothing to lose anymore. Or you have everything to lose. So you're going to work your ass off. I, I respect Which, that perspective from him. Because, oh, I, I get it. I, I have nothing against him for saying that. Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. Because all the people who they do sponsor, that is how they are. They're putting everything they have into them. Like, I get it. I have to tell a funny story that doesn't involve me, but it involves Mountain Ops. Um, I have two buddies who, one's been on the podcast, shout out James, great guy. Um, he's Mop in the, no, uh, Johnson, I, I used to work with him. Oh, okay. Um, I wish James Loftus, I tried, but he no longer lives in Utah. Wow. Um, I haven't seen him in forever either. <laughs> I got to be really good friends with him after high school, and uh, I miss him a lot, so if you happen to be listening to this one, love you, brother. Um... So him and his good buddy Dan, shouts out Dan, he's trying to come on here too. Dude, they, get on here, it's awesome, you'll have a ton of fun. Thank you. Um, they wanted to come on and talk about hunting, because I, 
It's something that I'm, I am actively planning on getting into in my life within the next three or four years. So I've been very vested and interested in like what steps I need to be taking, what I should be learning, like all that type of stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, you know, next time I'll come on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyways, they invited a friend who had never really been hunting before and they just, he just wanted to go and hang out. So they started going and they break out mountain ops and like, Shout like mountain ops as far as like if you want to call it a pre workout or a a kickstart I don't know how they it depends on what problem ops it's like a pre workout and his response is like oh so it only works in the mountains <laughs> I mean, completely I I've met people that yeah that yeah. makes sense <laughs> makes, it only works in the mountains <laughs> so that's how we all, we used to. We would all bring in the revolving flavors into oh, yeah. work, and we would all share it. And uh, every day, be like, oh, we're not up in the mountains. This is just yeah. a <laughs> I, uh, I had a buddy that I got addicted to it. He was addicted to like energy drinks. I'm like, try this mm. next day. I order this one. This one. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's good. It works well. Yeah. Uh, first, the ignite the energy and focus blend. First time I ever tried it. I'm at work. I just bought it. Had, I'm like. You know, I'd do a full scoop, 16 ounces of water, chugged it. I spent the next three hours assuming I could hear a butterfly's wing beat. That's what it feels like. Because oh. I didn't, no one had told me, you sip it. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, I, I remember walking up to my manager, I'm like, I can hear this. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I am not all right. <laughs> I've never done drugs, but this something's close. wrong. <laughs> I, I will have to say, so like, you know, the pre-workout stuff can get a weird conversation and like creatine, all that type of stuff. I've dabbled in pre-workouts in my life. Mm-hmm. Not just saying, because we're talking about it, Mountain Ops has been by far the best one that I've ever used for working out or just focusing. Oh yeah, I agree. I don't I, know what they, I don't I don't have the ingredients on me, but everything that's in there, I feel it's. Thing, so like that the pre-workout on the ignite mm-hmm. those things i love them the only bad thing in it for you is the caffeine right there's 200 milligrams of caffeine or more right. three, 300 it's a shit like it's a lot of caffeine. a lot it's a lot but everything else in it is really good for you yeah it, lots of vitamins it's super good but yeah you, you sip it yeah, yeah. <laughs> slow sips throughout your morning i, I took Don't. some took some pre-workout the other day from it and went to the gym I hadn't done that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> There's get, no weight that's get, not going to be unlifted. <laughs> I get to the gym, grab like an 80-pound curl bar. Here we go. <laughs> just start repping it. Man, just, I feel strong. going. <laughs> um, and it's, the curl bar's right in front of the mirror, which I think is the dumbest thing the rec center ever did. Yeah. I'm like, that's going to end bad, and it almost did for me. I went to drop it. I'm like, oh, oh that was close. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe it off, put it back. It wasn't here. Yeah. Someone else dropped it. <laughs> Well, let's close out right at two hours. This is great. Um, yes, I want to do a part two. Yeah, Maybe we can plan. So let me look at quick calendar. How about the first or second week of March? Uh, and we can figure out like logistics if you have anything oh, yeah. that put us the five or the fifth or the twelfth. Uh, probably could do the twelfth easier because it fits my birthday. Oh, sweet. Let me get 27. Have, yeah, 27, yeah. finally. I'm getting old. I am getting I have three kids. I am convinced that each kid adds 15 to 20 years onto my life. 
So technically, I'm in my 60s to 80s, you little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> um, now, what I always like to do when we close out is, you know, we've already we've already talked about your your YouTube and what you do. If there's anything you want to shout out again or different than what we have, and I will make sure that to get all the links, they'll be in the description. So if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of those platforms, Stitcher, I know you're, some people are on Stitcher. Um, the links will be down below. Make sure you go check it out. Show some love if you can. Um, I appreciate yeah, it. The door's open for you. Yeah, just uh, hope everyone's willing to go check out my stuff. You know, I do appreciate some critiques, criticisms. If there's something outdoors that you think I'd enjoy or that you'd love to see, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. I'm willing to try it. I'm not going to go eat dead animals, though. I'm, <laughs> no. not, yeah. I'm not that status. <laughs> um, I do want to give a big shout-out to my wife. She told me she's going to be listening. So I love you, babe. Thank you for always supporting me. I do not deserve you. you I married up hard. <laughs> hard. Married up. Listen, she could easily do better. We're winning our winning the books, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry you settled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh <laughs> Goddamn. I I tell her every day. I, I sent her a text the other day saying, I worship you, I love you so much, please don't leave me. <laughs> Shouts out the wives and the lives, because the wives really are Oh yeah, especially with three little kids at home. She Oh yeah. I couldn't ask for a better wife, better partner, lover, amazing. Um, just big shout out to you. Thanks for having me on. Of I appreciate course. it, man. Always a pleasure. I'm excited to come back again. Yes. Part two. We'll, I'm uh, really excited to get you up in the mountains, start doing some hiking on you. You'll feel it. Oh, I can only, I'm already <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> My legs are screaming like, Hey bud, probably don't. <laughs> hundred feet in. I'm good. Yeah. Tap. <laughs> are you sure? I've been trying to, I have a weighted vest. I've been trying to get used to it. Cause like, how much is it? 50. Oh, that's a good weight. Yeah. Mine's only 40, and I throw that in my pack plus another 25, 30 yeah. pounds. I heard that that's like one of the biggest things you have to start doing is getting used to. Get, get used to weight and get used to elevation gain. Yeah. I wanted, I have a mask that I might order that sim, stimulate, or simulates elevation. I don't know how well I would do, but. I'd just wait till summer and just drive up the mountain and start walking around. Because yeah. Farmington Canyon, you could take an, or a sedan up it pretty easily. Yeah, that's right. I have four wheelers, so I might have to go. She doesn't. But yeah, thank you guys again, everyone listening, everyone who tuned in live, um, and everyone who tunes in later. I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, sticking it out with me. Um, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> let me know uh, what else you guys want to hear. I have a lot of great guests coming up. Um, there's another show tomorrow, 2 p.m. I know a little bit unusual time for a Saturday. Um, and that's with Calford. You guys know him. He's been on multiple times. He's a hoot. Calford. Yep. Calford's funny. Great guy. Um, and yeah, let me know if you guys know anyone that wants to come on. They're always welcome. Yeah, you guys will enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun hanging out with Wes. <gasps> He's better looking in person. I will tell that. <laughs> Man, my, my self-esteem <laughs> just skyrocketed. If you're watching Bieber, be careful. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.